0: Welcome to the Mostly Pod Out of Night. Mostly, I am Graveyard, joined by my co-host, Salem. Hello. This is episode 28 of our weekly All Things Horror podcast. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go with this kind of a director theme for this month, and this director theme is M. Night Shyamalan. Um, so we are preparing for his new movie, Knock in the Cabin, to by going back and revisiting all the wor- horror movie works of M. Night Shyamalan. And returning, you know, do they still hold up? Do you think he can come back with good movies? Let's go ahead and discuss those, shall we? So for tonight's episode, we are going with Sixth Sense, Signs, The Village. And while he didn't direct Devil, he did produce it and write it. So we'll go chronologically, as we always do, giving a quickly recap, and we'll be discussing our highlights, low points, for first thoughts. If you remember when we first saw these movies, And then we'll discuss the twists. Um, And that will start probably going to our ranting of some of these movies at that point. (laughs) Um, And out of 10 for this week, we are doing, uh, I can say, number of brain cells retained or number of brain cells lost out of 10. Because some of these movies are quite dumb, and they make you dumber. So, So, we'll go into the first one, which is the sixth sense. All right, so the movie starts off with, um, I mean, all these take place essentially in Philadelphia or Pennsylvania area because M-9 is from there. Um,
1: yeah, it's, yeah, it's either Philadelphia or the area is described by how far away from Philadelphia
0: it is. 45 miles from it, yeah. Exactly. So uh, we start off with uh, Bruce Willis coming home with his wife, Quite drunk from winning an award for being a child psychologist. Um the
1: best, the best child psychologist.
0: Yes. How much do you think that frame costs? Do you think it's like sixty dollars? Do you think like maybe a couple hundred? Yeah, that was an interesting conversation piece. Um, so you know, the wife goes into the basement and has seems really confused by the wine selection they have in their wine cellar. Uh, because they were drunk from the award ceremony, they're gonna get even more drunk. I mean, that's fair. They're already home, so that's playing it safe. Got to applaud them for that. Uh, And they start getting down heavy. They go upstairs, and, you know, they're getting ready, and she realizes that the window was, wow, second, third floor of their apartment or house even. Well, Um,
1: well, it's like a, a, what what do you call them, bungalows in the
0: city? Yeah, like five feet wide, but like four stories tall. Correct. Yeah, it was like one of those. Like a room per floor. Um, and the window's broken in there, and then we see a very, very skinny Donnie Wahlberg <laughs> in his undies.
1: Yeah, and one of his better roles, I would say.
0: Yeah, his well, probably
1: best role. <laughs> ha, no, he's, he's done some good stuff.
0: <laughs> um, and he's talking about he's he, clearly he's disturbed and um asking Bruce Willis if he remembers him. He has a hard time placing him. And he finally realizes who it is, and he goes to try to help him figure out what's going on. He grabs a gun, shoots Bruce Willis, and the camera ter- starts panning away from him, and then he shoots himself in the head. They don't show it. And then it's just kind of a quick fade to black. Um and then what the, what's the very first next thing that happened? Is, is it literally,
1: literally says, next fall. The
0: next fall, yeah. Uh,
1: underneath underneath the screen, and then it's Bruce Willis. Watching, on the, bench, well, watching the kid leave his house, right?
0: Yeah. Haley. Jo, he watches Haley Josman jo and he has his notebook and starts writing things down as he's creepily surveying his next patient.
1: Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, yes. If he was anything but a child psychologist monitoring child behavior, yes, it would be extremely creepy.
0: Yeah. And it kind of just shows Haley Josman jo his, I was it his first role or his breakout role? It definitely his breakout role.
1: Uh, I mean, honestly, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he did anything before this. Maybe he did, like, commercials or something. I don't right. know. But this is definitely the role where, where he broke out. I mean, yeah. clearly.
0: Um, and I think he follows, starts following him from a, quite a distance. into the, He goes into the church. Yes. Um, he's playing with really complex army men. For, I don't remember having an Armand that detailed,
1: well, they're the ones that you paint,
0: yeah, that's fair, um, and he's just talking about him and how things are going, and introduces himself um and he speaks what a little Latin to because he's clearly afraid of something, uh and as he's leaving, he steals a uh Jesus statue that's kind of just goes from there, right. <laughs> Um, Why am I blanking out on this?
1: Um. Well, I mean, yeah. Basically, it's showing that he's awkward. You know, like it shows him like going to school and like the kid that you know he. I, I think he's like paying him to like you know show up to his house and pick him up to make his mom not worry about him. Um. But after they get out of eyeshot of the mom, the mom, you know, he's like, yeah, whatever. is
0: well, that good? Yeah. yeah. See you later, yeah.
1: loser. Like he, he obviously like does not like him, but you know doing it for the sake of his mom um uh, it just shows him how awkward he is in school um
0: yeah oh, know, he gets locked he gets locked in no that's not when that's not the cupboard um no, that's later yet. on so yeah. yeah i mean he essentially is he's bullied he's essentially be called a freak um his mom is a very young tony collette which i don't think i realized for a very long time it was her because i don't Uh, think it uh, looks like her
1: (laughs) well i because i haven't seen this movie since it came out and obviously i know who tony collette is now but i didn't know who she was then so she didn't I, i didn't recognize her at all at that time but watching it again i was like oh wow i totally forgot that she was in this
0: and she has she has a jersey accent which throws it off a lot too i would say
1: well i mean yeah
0: um but you know essentially you know the Bruce Willis character's name is, is Malcolm. Cole is is uh Haley Joe Osman's character. You know, Malcolm realizes that he failed. You know, Donnie Wahlberg's character is he's hoping to make this his last case. Um and his wife is very, very distant distant with him, to say the least. Yeah, um
1: it's basically implied that since that issue happened. Um, Yeah, you know that he's been very distant with her and he's been focusing on his work
0: too much. Yes. So, you know, she keeps locking his, he uses the wine cellar as his makeshift (laughs) office. Um, he, she keeps locking it, and she just won't talk to him. There's always, there are ends. Let's say the least. So anyway, um, that's going on. And Cole gets invited to a kid's birthday party. You know, and his mom's there, and like every parent there. I've been to those birthday parties; they're not very fun. Um, they call him a freak, and you know, my dad. My dad made me invite him here. Blah 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 blah. And we see a red balloon go up the stairwell into an attic. I would say.
1: Yeah. Well, I would say yeah, the cinematography for that shot was pretty cool. I, I yeah.
0: Remember. Yeah. Um, so
1: the other thing is those those parties were like all the kids get invited. Like I don't remember those. I don't think I ever got invited to one of them.
0: It's more of a it's especially a thing now, I can tell you that right now with my kids, that is a thing. <laughs> that you have to invite everyone in your class.
1: Yeah, see, I don't know. I don't Yeah. I mean well yeah, birthday parties we always had just like a little family gathering. We didn't I didn't invite like I don't ever remember inviting other children to my birthday or yeah. going to birthdays of other people.
0: Right. Um, but anyway, he the kids just play a joke on him, lock him in this attic, and he starts just screaming like he's getting tortured. He heard whispering in there, right? So we're getting hints of things kind of here and there. Like, he, there's a scene with him in the kitchen. His mom leaves the room. He's eating breakfast, comes back, and every drawer is open. He's like, Oz is looking for Pop-Tarts. Mom's like, all right, you got to stop doing this. This is hard of me. My kid is a freak. <laughs> hey, she never said that. Well, it's she clearly thinks it.
1: Well, she's just upset because she knows something's going on that he's not telling her.
0: Yeah. Um. And and like I said I mentioned the red balloon, the doorknob. There's a lot of red. Red's very used minimally, but the red signifies stuff coming up in this. Um. But anyway, he passes out. Mom gets concerned, gets taken to the hospital, where Malcolm comes in here, and. The poor kid had like the worst blanket at a hospital I've ever seen. Couldn't even cover his feet. And then we get the infamous line from this entire movie, you know, talking Cole's saying, I'm going to tell you my secret. Do you want know my secret? Yes. And I see dead people. What do you mean? Uh, you know, cemeteries, bodies. No, like ghosts are all around. Right. And they don't, they, they're unaware that they're dead. They're just they're reaching out to him. He doesn't know why. But, yeah, so um, I'd say Malcolm thinks he's a little concerned about this, and he starts listening to his audio tape with Donnie Wahlberg's character. um, and Vincent
1: Gray. Vincent,
0: yes. And as he was turning the knob up on the tape recorder to 10, I'm like, I could barely hear it on my TV. I'm like, I'm also turning it up while watching it um he realizes he's he's begging for help in spanish and he realizes that this that's the same thing or latin that he was essentially implied that he's able, he was seeing ghosts as well as cole so it maybe yeah. implied that when he died the ghosts then start seeing going to cole for help it would be my guess
1: yeah what what do they what do they call that ev
0: evp yeah voice phenomenon right. right. yeah. yeah yeah
1: yeah where you yeah. can like supposedly if you turn up like the static loud enough, yeah. and there's a ghost around. You can supposedly hear it.
0: That's exactly yes. e- what it was. Yep. EVP. Um, so Malcolm suggests to Cole, like, Hey, they're coming to you for a reason. Try talking to them and helping them out. Maybe they'll then go away. Um, you know, he, he's like, okay, I think I can do that. And he starts doing it. He has a red tent that he makes out of clothespins. And one night he sees a girl throwing up in there. Um and he's rightfully screamed <laughs> out of there. Um, but I mean, then he okay. Rises.
1: She's a little girl, man. Come on. Well, <laughs> scream and run away. It's just a little girl throwing up. What's scary about that?
0: I can't handle vomit. I'd scream and throw up too. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't scream. I
1: might go gross, but I'm not gonna scream and run away.
0: <laughs> That's fair. Um. So anyway, he realizes that he goes back and starts. So, you know, what do you have to tell me? And the kind just fades. And then he's on a bus with Malcolm driving really far outside Philadelphia um, to a wake where he essentially finds out there is a videotape of the girl because the mom was poisoning her to keep her sick. Right. And the videotape proves it. And the dad watches it during the wake, which is really, really odd.
1: Well, OK, well, it's also an old school wake. Um, Yeah, it's old school wakes used to be in your house. Like that's yeah. everybody would come over to your house and the wake would be there
0: and tons Um, of food,
1: right? Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, the food was always a part of it. But I mean, now, traditionally, you do it in a funeral home. But back, you know, in the old days, it was always you do it at your house. Funeral homes are a relatively modern thing. So it's yeah, it was was like an old school way. uh,
0: the Yeah. Um I, mean, but I, the guess mom was, I guess it
1: makes sense because the evidence is there and it wouldn't make sense for them to leave the, <laughs> the right. funeral home, go to the home and then come back.
0: Yeah. Uh dad watches it and you're and they realize that she was also poisoning her little sister who's starting to get sick too. The mom's wearing a red dress. Which is weird at a wink. Everyone else is wearing black, she's wearing red. But like I said, that color is important to this movie. Um, I think so it's he,
1: important to all of his movies, I think.
0: Yeah, that's true. Especially the first ones we're watching, yeah. Um, yeah. Essentially, you know. So yeah, the dad sees it. He's like, "I knew you've been doing this. How could you do this?" Blah blah blah. Anyway, he goes. He gets somehow. King plays King Arthur in a play. Um, who's the director? Is stuttering Stanley? Right. The teacher.
1: Well, yeah. Well. Yeah. That teacher. There was a, a scene earlier where um the teacher was asking oh what did this building used to be for yeah. um and then cole was like oh they used to hang people here and he's like oh no they didn't. i don't know where you he heard that from this was a courthouse um and then he, he was like you know basically that cole was upset that he was staring at him so he's like stop staring at me and he wouldn't stop staring at him and so then apparently one of the ghosts knew the teacher and used to make fun of him as stuttering stanley so he kept repeating that so yeah the teacher got really pissed off at him that's that's where that came up yeah
0: and luckily we only get like a minute of a child's play in this movie (laughs) i'm glad we only got the end of ending of it um so you know malcolm's there and he's talking about like yeah they're helping me um and he tells him uh tells Malcolm's like, I know how to reach your wife. Talk to her while she's sleeping. Because there's another scene of the wife at the pawn store trying to give out the world's most expensive ring to some couple that didn't clearly want it and pressure him to buy it. And she starts to...
1: The couple didn't want it. The woman wanted it. The guy didn't.
0: Yeah. It's
1: a very stereotypical way of looking.
0: Right. But they went to a pawn shop anyway. So, I mean, it should be cheaper.
1: Um, Well, it's an antique store. Antique is different from pawn.
0: Yeah. Um, But she started moving furniture and her, I guess, co-worker there is clearly hitting on her and they're about to kiss and the window smashes and you see Malcolm walking away. So he realizes that this is ending. Um, And, you know, he comes back to his house after talking to Cole And sees the guy leave, and then he enters the house. And then we cut back to Cole, who they're stuck in traffic. And um, there's a bike accident. And then he tells his secret to his mom, who didn't believe him at first. Like, you know, the person died. Where is she? Outside my window. And, you know, telling her what happened. Um, And then, you know, Grandma comes and talks to me. And she tells the secret of, like, what the mom asked at the grave. And, you know, are you... Do I make you proud? The answer is every day. So the mom finally realizes that he's special and has this, he, this ability. He's a medium. He's a medium, yeah. Long Island medium, no. <laughs> um, so, you know, Malcolm finally comes home in his sleep. She's watching their wedding tape and he starts talking to her, you know, say, I miss you. I miss you too. And she drops the wedding ring, his wedding ring, from her hand. He realizes that it's not on his hand, and he starts then we have all the flashbacks of you know, that people only see what they want to see. So the reason why he couldn't get into his basement is not because the door is locked, is because there was a table in front of it. Um and he was just seeing all the stuff. And the reason why there was no interaction was because he was already dead, and so she was there's no he never we never see him interacting with anyone the entire movie other than Cole. Um, and he flashes back to not hear shot and then it ends with him um, showing being dead in there and then him realizing, you know, go to sleep. It'll be all OK in the morning and then fade to white end the movie. Right. Um,
1: now, I was because anyway, I've seen this before. Um, yes, I, I this is the only the second time I have watched it because the first time I watched it, it was pretty good, right? Yeah, uh, But I was like, if I know this twist, this movie is not going to be good <laughs> the second <laughs> time, right? And I just kind of got that in my head, and I just avoided it ever since. I've been kind of sort of meaning to watch it again, but you know, I never got around to it. I didn't want to read it. Um, so this is actually the first time I've watched it since... Um, 1999? Then. Yeah, since 1999, since it came out. I watched it, um, and it was interesting, because I was really watching to see, you know, like, if there's any kind of screw-ups. And there really, really isn't. I mean, it's pretty no. good, like, whenever he sits in a chair. He doesn't move the chair. He doesn't, he doesn't like nothing, nothing gets moved around. He just like sits and, and and nothing around him reacts. The only time it does is uh, when Cole is in the hospital bed, you know, that scene where he says, I see dead people. Yeah. Um, He sits down in that stool next to him and, and he does roll the stool over to him. Right. That's the only time he actually interacts with his environment. Every other time. Is like he's just you know moving around what's already there he's not actually changing well he racket. does
0: smash the window at the shop
1: well yeah but that's a, a ghost anger. anger thing right that's, right that's not a surprise i'm just saying like you know when he sits in the chair whenever he talks and meets with cole he doesn't move the chair ever
0: yeah so i mean what was your 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 first thought with this was like oh this is this is great right it's very twisty and it wasn't a twist that you necessarily start coming i said we'll get more to the twist later but Overall, you, did you think like okay, I have to watch for M Night Shyamalan movies going forward? Uh,
1: well, oh, the very first time I watched it, yeah, I mean, I was I was very impressed. I, I thought it was very cool because it's, um, I mean, you watch it, even watching it the second time, I mean, the, the movie just kind of flies by. I mean, it's like yeah. it's like an hour and forty five minutes, but it doesn't feel like it. I mean, no, there's there's stuff there's stuff happening the whole time. I mean, it's it's a pretty solid story. I mean, there's every scene has a purpose. Everything, you know. Like I said, the cinematography is good. I mean, the, the the way that it's presented, it's kind of like kind of like a, a gritty, um, you know, presentation where it feels kind mm-hmm. of dark and it always feels like ominous. Like it always feels like the camera's maybe a little bit too far away sometimes to try to give you that that isolation feeling, you know? Yeah. Um, I think again, I think it's it's really done well, and, and it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's so. the first time I watch it, I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely gonna be watching everything that he makes from now on. Oh, yeah, um, that changed almost immediately, but <laughs> at the time when I watched this, I was like, "Oh, yeah, this is great, moving forward, this is gonna be fantastic. We got a new person making great movies, um yeah, yeah, so at that time, yes, I was very much excited,
0: yeah, I mean, I saw this, I'm pretty sure I saw this in theaters, and because it's one of those things, like if you knew the twist going ahead of time, you might ruin it, but I've watched it more than once, this is not I don't know how many times I've watched this, but I mean, it's a good rewatch, and knowing the twist, and you rewatch it, then you start looking for these clues, which is a sign of a good movie. Mm -hmm. That you start to realize all these pieces do fall in the line. So I think it's definitely something you have to watch more than once to fully gather every piece of information. Um, But yeah, I was I was excited. I'm like, all right, we have a good suspense horror movie. You know that. I was excited for Nline Shyamalan at this point in time too. Um, highlights, you know, cinematography as you said, the acting, what well, especially from Haley Joel was amazing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I as a general rule do not like child actors. Um, yes, just be, just because <laughs> at like ninety five percent of the time they try to like rely on them and they cannot handle the thing that they're trying to like hinge the whatever on, you know, the emotion on. Yeah. They just can't sell it. And I, I think like Haley jawsman at least in this movie is one of the very, very few that does. He kind of makes everybody, every other child actor look bad because he does this so well. And that that's why I get angry when other children do it so badly. Is <laughs> because it's like, no, there are instances. Look, look at this one right here. This instance, he did a fantastic job. Like, why can't every other kid do that?
0: He can't, he carried the movie.
1: Oh, he definitely
0: he did. absolutely did um yeah, phenomenal like and there's big names in the here too that you just didn't realize it at that mm-hmm. point in time um i so said without getting well said so we'll get we have a spot for the twist, any mm-hmm. low points though for the movie for you um low
1: points uh when I was watching, it, I was kind of looking out for it. I think the low point would be um when he's talking to her in her sleep, mm-hmm um. That conversation is really stupid. Uh, Just the way that she responds, it's like she's just having a normal conversation with him, though her eyes are closed. Like, I I did not buy for one second that she was asleep.
0: I don't know, because I, you know, the wife, some, I mean, she doesn't, she's not very coherent when she wakes me up in the middle of the night and tries to tell me something. She doesn't remember the conversation. Um. But yeah, I mean it it's it, that goes into the whole idea of of ghosts and stuff like that. Like I understand why he's saying that that she's just in like not full on honestly, but like the first stage of REM, maybe. But maybe that's a way he's able to help communicate. There's there's theories about all that crap with ghosts, right?
1: No, I I'm not upset about them. Communicating in the sleep—that part is fine. I just didn't like the acting in that scene. Oh, again, I did not buy that she was asleep for a second. She did not seem asleep. She seemed like she was just having a normal conversation with her eyes closed.
0: That's fair. I can, yeah, I can get on on board with that (laughs) point. Um, and he uh, does—I guess he seems to pan and stay focused on things for too long, and a lot of it is to people's back of their heads. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, he does that on purpose, is like when he's trying to focus on something on a scene, he'll like purposely focus on something else. Yeah. And then like kind of like basically make you numb to that one thing that he's focusing on, so you focus on everything around it.
0: He does um, this a lot, especially yes, in these yes. movies that we watched for this yes. week. I know that trend because we watched I never watched these this close in order.
1: Yeah. Well, again, it's like it's like one of the things that that he does. Um, and, again, uh, I don't remember his name, but there's, like, one cinematographer that he works with that that does a really good job. And you can usually tell when he's working with them okay. because the cinematography is done well. And, like, this movie it definitely is there. Uh, there's some of the other movies that that look good, like um, like Unbreakable looks good. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's the same guy. Some of these other movies did not. And that's why they don't feel the same. like some of them just straight up feel like amateurish. I mean, they really feel like it's like a yes. film
0: student movie. And um, I'd say he carries this on in the TV show "Servant," which is by him and I as well. And right Philly. and same styles are still there, I would say.
1: Oh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's a signature thing. I mean, it's not yeah, that's something you can just turn off, I don't think.
0: Yeah. All right, so the twist. Uh Um, this is probably gonna be the least ranty we get on the twist
1: (laughs) right well this one it really really has two right Mm -hmm. um the first one is that the kid sees dead people yep i'm pretty sure that part was like known before you even watched the movie
0: it's definitely in the trailers.
1: Right. I was going to say, like, like you knew that twist before you go into the movie. Again, when you watch the movie at, at first, they don't like just go into it saying he can see dead people. Like you have to build up to that. Yeah. I mean, there's hints to that, but you really don't know it for sure until after he says it. And then you actually see the ghosts that he sees.
0: Correct. And I would say as soon as I noticed that too, as soon as he said that it stopped being a Bruce Willis movie and became a Haley Joe Osment movie. Like the, <sighs> character's perspective twisted more so to his character. Right. Yeah, Nicole. it
1: it like it hard focused on him until his story was done and then it refocused back on Bruce Willis again. Right. It's like so yeah, after that happened it's like yeah, Bruce Willis kind of like says goodbye to him. Like, yeah. like, he's leaving the, the movie. I mean, that's what it feels like. And then, yeah. yeah, and then Haley Joel Osment has his closing moments with his mother, and then he's out of the movie. And then it goes back to Bruce Willis, and then he gets to finish out his own.
0: Party. Full circle. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, um, I mean, it, you, you won't see, we don't see any ghostly activity until that line. Like, we see things, but we don't see the ghosts.
1: Right. Right. Yeah, we know he's scared of something. We know there's something going on. Like, right. I, I mean, if you really, you know, noodle it out, you might figure out, OK, he's probably getting this information from something or somewhere around him. Right. Yeah. Um, but again, you don't you don't see that stuff actually happening until after he says it to Bruce Willis. Um, and then, of course, the big twist after that is that Bruce Willis is a ghost. Correct. So the entire time, the entire movie. He's at been a he ghost shot. the whole yeah. time. Well, yeah, the very first scene, he's alive. But the rest of the movie and all the interaction with Cole, he's been a ghost. Correct. Um, Which, again, is is interesting. You watch it the first time. Like, I didn't I didn't see it coming at all.
0: No, and, and I don't think, I mean, there was definitely hints. And, well, I, I think the third one on this list, I'll say there's no flat out lies to us. <laughs>
1: yeah no, know though yeah the, well yeah the third one definitely does i mean yeah i yes. was gonna bring that up i mean literally in the first scene of the movie it lies to you
0: right hard we'll get to that hard yeah. Lie.
1: Yeah, okay we'll get that later um oh. but, yeah but yeah this one it doesn't explicitly lie to you again if you watch it after knowing the twist you can you know pick out like i said he doesn't move chairs when he sits in them like usually you pull the chair out or sit in it or whatever or right. move stuff around in a desk or whatever any of that's any of that stuff he doesn't do any of that you know, right. he doesn't change his surroundings at all. The only time he ever does is, like I said, when he sits down in that tool and wheels it over to him. That's the only time he ever interacts with the environment around him.
0: Right. And um, when we see when we see Bruce Willis's character interact, like, he comes home one day from school, but he's sitting there across from his mom. And we just assumed, we filled it in their head that they're having a conversation about Cole. But right. We, and on the rewatch, realize he literally just pops in, like, every so often into Cole's life. It's right. only at certain points.
1: Right. And, and that's the thing. Is, you know, and that's why he says a couple of times, like, while they're doing stuff, like, don't leave. Like, don't, you know, but he's, he means like, you know, he can't say don't disappear because then you obviously don't give it away. But right. he says, don't leave. And he's like, well, I'm not going anywhere. But that's why he says that is because he probably pops in and out. Correct. Um. But yeah. And, and like, yeah, the, like Tony Collette, his mom does not interact with him at all. And you assume right. that she does, but she doesn't.
0: And all the people walk around him at the wake. Yeah. We see him supposedly meeting his wife for dinner. He goes to reach for it, but she just takes it. So it's, we don't see him interacting with anything other than sitting.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. And like the wife doesn't look at him. Like she's looking out in the distance, but I mean, you can tell even in in the way that she's sitting, that she's not looking at him. She's looking through him, you know, out like a different way. Right. Just kind of distracted. And she goes like, the one thing that she says is like happy anniversary. Right. And she leaves. But I mean that's again, now that we know the twist, she's just saying that because she was trying to celebrate their anniversary with him not yep. there.
0: Correct. Um now I don't I don't think in any way she performs the twist ruins the movie. I no. think it's no, it, it's as we discussed, highlight is definitely this. Like it it I'd say for the very long time that a twist hasn't come along like that in a long time in these movies, right? That's fair. I mean,
1: yeah, not one that was this meaningful that I did not see coming.
0: Right. Usually, right. We, we watch enough movies that we can generally tell kind of the twists of what's coming up. Right. Right. I, it's just the nature of things, but I mean, this really as people aspired to make twists as good as Endlight from this because of this movie.
1: Yeah. What was what was that werewolf movie? Werewolf within something. Yeah. Well, with the with the ATT girl in it.
0: Yeah, Werewolf Within.
1: Yeah. That one had yeah. a twist I didn't see coming. No. <laughs> but <laughs> like said, that was so rare. the last one. But it's rare when it happens, yeah.
0: Correct. I'd say identity didn't have a twist we saw coming either.
1: No. I well I didn't see that twist coming, no.
0: No. No. Um, oh, but do you think Knowing, you know, this is only your second time watching, Mm -hmm. do you think knowing the twist is you're concerned would ruin the movie going on the rewatch?
1: Well, yeah, I was concerned. That's why I never rewatched it. I mean, I was very concerned that it would ruin the movie. But having finally rewatched it again, I can say it doesn't. It really doesn't. It's really um, it's really just as interesting to watch again, watching it like over and over again. I don't know about that but i mean it you could definitely watch it a second time and it's and again even watching it the second time the movie you know kind of speeds by because it's
0: yeah
1: It's well done i mean everything's kind of pieced together well enough to where it's kind of like moving along the whole time
0: and do you, do you feel like do you feel like you since you know m night's movies now that you're able to catch these plot points easier on the rewatch
1: uh well yeah with his movies, yeah, you're always you always gotta be looking <laughs> for something because there's always a twist. It's like every movie he has there's never a movie that he has that doesn't have one. Well, I imagine it's, eventually it's, he will, and that will be the twist, right,
0: Yes, well, the last airbender the twist was he doesn't know how to make the last
1: uh, <laughs> i've never i've never seen it, I have no desire to see it, but again, I never watched the last airbender of the show, so Again, I don't want to watch that and be like, "Man, it wasn't that bad. But again, I don't have anything to reference it to. I know that the fans of the show hated it. And I don't want to I've heard it's a good show. Eventually get to it. It's on a long list, but
0: No, like I said, this this was this is a masterfully crafted movie. Twist didn't insult you in any way, shape, or form. No. And if you on the rewatches, I probably watched this, I don't know, maybe a dozen times, if that. Right, and you know it's it, now we call it the classic end night twist. Right. <laughs> so um. So let's get on to our rating. Unless you have anything else to talk about the twist on this. Without. No, no, no. Okay. Um. So number of rain cells lost. Now we're, we should be zero ten, but it will still keep zero ten. Um. Out of ten being the best movie possible. I don't know. I mean, this hat. This is pretty high up there. I would have to go to a nine, honestly. It's so masterfully done, beautifully shot, and it doesn't insult you with its twist. Like some people try to, as we discussed, people purposely leave out plot points to go, haha, we fooled you. I think it was done perfectly execution wise. So
1: Um. Yeah. No. I. Yeah. I think it's it's a very well done movie. I liked it a lot. Um. I would probably give it an eight. Eight. So yeah. I'd give it an. I'd give it an eight out of ten. Um. Yeah. But again, I'd say that's the first time I watched it. I might go higher. You know what I mean? Like the very first time I watched it, I was like, "Wow, that's great." Um. But having watched it the second time, um, you know, just just kind of watching all the 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 points and stuff like that still Mm -hmm. really good I mean again it's this is still above my rewatching threshold um yeah still really good but I don't I don't know if I would go that high so I'll say
0: okay that's fair that's perfectly fair all right so then you will lead us through our his his next next movie wasn't signs but his next horror movie was signs right I'm I'm pretty sure breakable was next but right that's not horror. Right.
1: No, because again, yeah, I watched The Sixth Sense and then I watched Unbreakable and I loved both of them.
0: Oh, Unbreakable so is the, amazing.
1: Right. I would say I, I like Unbreakable better than The Sixth Sense. Um, But then, yeah, and then I was like, Signs like, oh, this could be good, right? Because yep. uh, this is before Mel Gibson had his breakdowns um so mel gibson was still in good standing at this point in time i liked mel gibson I've, I've always liked mel gibson because of the whole mad max you know connection
0: and lethal weapon probably
1: uh i mean lethal Weapon's okay don't get me wrong but mad max is definitely i mean yeah. it's one of my top five franchises of all time i love love those movies so of course you have to love mel gibson because he's the character right
0: right and then we um, get introduced to you know uh, River Phoenix's younger brother. I don't think I remember Joaquin Phoenix anything before Signs. Gladiator. That I paid attention to. What was it Gladiator? I guess that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> a pretty big movie, dude. He <laughs> was like one of the main stars in Gladiator, which was a huge movie. Ridley Scott directed huge movie.
0: That's that begs the question. Did I see Signs first or Gladiator? I mean, probably Signs.
1: I, I mean I'm not saying that you knew of him before. I'm just saying like he was a known quantity before this movie. Um, because Gladiator was was 2000. I think Signs was what 2002. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean this was probably one of the things he did right after Gladiator. Um but yeah, Gladiator. I think Gladiator was the first thing that I knew him from. Yeah. Right, lastly, the first thing that I can recognize him from.
0: That's fair. Um, I mean, this also had Colin Calkin's younger brother, Rory, and then yeah. Abigail, yeah, Rory, who was in Scream Five, mm-hmm. or Scream Four, and then Abigail, whatever Presley. her last name is, Abigail, uh, Little Miss Sunshine, Zombie Land.
1: Yep. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. This, yeah, this is where she got her start too. Yep. Um, God, I don't even know how old was she in this movie—like six. <laughs> yeah about six <laughs> yeah she was very very young um anyway so yeah so we got a, a star studded of caster we got mel gibson joaquin phoenix um rory kelkin and abigail breslin is the family right yep. um mel gibson plays a priest um at this stage he has lost his faith um i'm just gonna say what happened right now, because we get it piecemeal through the rest of the story, very
0: piecemeal, but I'm
1: not going to go back and forth and try to remember when this stuff happens. I'm just going to say what happened now. Okay. So what happened was, is that he was happily married because apparently he's not a Catholic priest. He's some other form of Catholic or form of Christian. He still wore the, the the Catholic priest collar, the black shirt with the white collar. Yes. But he wasn't Catholic, obviously because he's married and had children. So whatever, he's one of those other denominations. I don't think they ever say what it is. No, uh, but he's apparently one of those other generations. Anyway, so he was married. He had two kids. They were like in love and, you know, blah, blah. Perfect. You know, family lives at a farmhouse
0: in the middle of nowhere. Forty five miles outside. Philadelphia. <laughs> Correct.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so apparently his wife liked to go for walks before dinner. Um, and uh, she was out having a walk before dinner and uh, M. Night Shyamalan playing a character as he does in every one of his movies
0: as he does cameo.
1: Yeah, he cameos in, in every one of his movies, usually as some form of doctor, but not always. Yeah. <laughs> um. So he as a veterinarian and he was like working a late night. He wasn't drunk, but he was he had worked a very, very late night and he fell asleep at the wheel. And apparently his truck pinned his wife to a tree to the point where if they pulled the truck away, she would die immediately. Like the truck was like holding all her guts in, but she was dying. It was like she was just coherent. So they called him to the scene so she could like spend her last minutes with him. Right. Um. So, yeah. So basically what happens is because of that, you know, it's a horrible thing, right? Because yep. of that, he loses his faith and he leaves the church. So it's been six months since then. So he has lost his faith. He's no longer a priest and he's trying to like find his purpose in life. And his brother moves in with him to kind of help support him or the family or whatever
0: he lives above the garage
1: right yeah well yeah i mean normal farmhouses they have like a coach house um, yeah yeah so whatever so it's like that it's like the room above the garage kind of thing yeah um, anyway so yeah his brother is joaquin phoenix um, mel gibson plays the priest and then the two kids are obviously you know his children um, so that's basically the the kind of backstory <laughs> of this again you we get this piecemeal over the movie, but I'm just gonna lay it out in the front because I don't want to remember when it happened and what, what happened. <laughs> yeah um so okay, so basically um they're trying to like you know live their life normally um they basically wake up in the morning and there's dogs barking and they can't find their kids, and then they hear a kid screaming. So then they, you know, Mel Gibson and his brother run out there um, to see what's going on. And they find out that they have crop circles in their cornfields. Yes. Um, So they're like, oh, okay, that's interesting. The police come out and they're like, yeah, you know, we did some research. Like, yeah, people can do this overnight.
0: Two guys with a board and rope.
1: Which is correct. That's how they've been doing it over time. Um, you You know, there's nothing to worry about. Um, so they they look on the news. there's reports of this happening all over the world. all of these crop circles just appeared you know all of the you know all in one night, and so it' like kind of pointing to like oh, there's more to this right
0: and take a a large number of people to be very coordinated to do all of that
1: right, right <clears throat> um, so they're kind of like um you know okay, you know we we're trying to like you know get over this, get back to normal so they like you know, go into town. Um, they go into town, and like people are acting goofy because, you know, they're they're seeing people are seeing stuff. Uh, you know, like lights and like people sneaking around throughout the world, and so it's getting the world kind of unnerved. Um, and but Mel Gibson doesn't want anybody watching the TV because you know he's like it's getting kind of crazy. You know, we don't want I don't want you guys watching TV because everybody's getting crazy. I don't want you guys getting crazy too. Um, so essentially, his one dog, um kind of gets crazy and tries to go after his kids yeah he's got two dogs um two german shepherds anyway so the dog gets crazy and tries to go after the kid the other kid has to kill it um it kind of ta- kind of the way that they talked about it is like oh he jumped on me and fell on me or something like that i think they were just trying to say that the kid didn't do it on purpose To kind of just i guess so you don't think badly of him or so i don't know Um, But anyway, so he kills the dog, um, but the dog was obviously like upset and trying to attack him. So they take the other dog and they tie it behind the garage. Um, At a later point, that dog kind of sort of turns on Mel Gibson, too. Um, You know, so he keeps it tied up in the back, but something is obviously going on. Right. Yeah. Um, And so Mel Gibson, you know, they see uh, that they go to bed that night and they basically wake up because they see somebody um, on the roof. Of like the, the, the coach house. Yeah. Um, so they go out there and they're like, they try to like him and his brother, like try to run around the house to try to like meet him on the other side and they go onto the other side and they can hear him on the roof, but they can't see him. So they're like, the guy must've been like super fast and they jumped way up there, you know, immediately. So they call the police and she's like, well, you know. There's a, Olympic athletes that can do that kind of stuff. Female Olympic, yeah, female Scandinavian <laughs> Olympians that can do that. And so they're like, "Uh, well, I don't think a female Scandinavian Olympian is out here. Somebody's messing around." Um. So yeah, they're trying to figure out what's going on. Um. And eventually, uh, when they when they do go to town and they start hearing more and more stuff, they get. I think that one kid gets a book about aliens. Um, right. And they start, you know, reading about this stuff. And eventually it gets weird enough uh, where, where uh, Mel Gibson that night, he goes out to feed the dog uh, because the dog's still tied up in the back. And he sees something in the corn. So he goes out there with a the flashlight. And after, you know, running around back and forth, back and forth, he actually sees a like leg yeah. move back into the corn. So at this point, he runs back to the house and he's like, OK, turn the TV on. You know, because he's like, something is going on. So then when you turn the TV on and then they're talking about all these cities all over the world, see these lights uh, floating above them, you know, so it looks like aliens, right? Yeah. Uh, the next morning, they can't see them anymore. Um, But there's people saying that they're still there. They're just invisible. Because they're talking about how, like, this bird flew into it and then like flew straight to like you know broke his neck flying into this thing and then fly straight down showing that they're still there they're just invisible um so at this point like everybody's getting like conspiracy theory level you know like uh, they're reading this you know alien book and they're talking about like why are they here you know wearing they're either hats. here to yeah they're wearing <laughs> yeah aluminum foil hats and stuff and they're like well they're either here to like share their their technology with us or they're here to you know conquer us yeah um, And so yeah at this point they're like they're trying to figure out what's going on um the the reports of things happening are rising like there's actually like videos of these aliens like that show up i think the ones in like brazil at a kid's birthday party and yeah stuff like that so it looks like things are are ramping up so they decide to um okay they're gonna either um you know like i think yeah,
0: rolling to leave the house or stay.
1: Yeah, they're they're deciding if they're going to leave the house or stay, and then um somebody calls and it turns out to be Ray, who's M Night Shyamalan, who's the guy who hit his wife with the truck. Yes. Um and he, and he he hangs up, but he knows it's him, so he goes to his house to check on him. Um and he and he finds him in his truck, and he's like, "Yeah, uh, I'm going to the lake." Uh, that people are saying that these things don't like water. So I'm going to go by the lake. I'm sorry I a for strong,
0: what I have. I have a strong feeling about that.
1: Right. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I'm sorry for what I did. I'm sorry. It took me so long to call. I'm sorry. Bye. Right. Yeah. He said, like, Oh, by the way, don't go in the house because I locked one of them in the pantry. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and he's like, so immediately he goes into the house and he's like trying to find Like there's something in the pantry. Like you can see the shadows and, and hear it moving around. He's like trying to use the knife as a mirror to like see under the door, uh, which does not work. Uh, he's like putting his head on the ground to like try to see in there and he can't see anything. Um, and in the process of doing this anyway, the, the whatever's in there reaches his hand underneath the door. And of course, it's got scaly skin and it's got like, you know, long claws. <laughs> um, so he reacts and he cuts two of his fingers off with the knife. But he leaves it locked in the in the pantry, and there's like a door or like a howling,
0: howling in pain. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But there's like a a table like holding the door shut. So he like leaves and he goes back home. Um, and then when when he gets back home, he's like, okay, yeah, these things are totally real. I really saw one this time. Um, we need to board up the house. So they like they board up the house. Um, you know, they kind of like just lock all the bedroom doors because they know they don't have enough to board up all the windows up there. So they basically board up everything downstairs. Um and then you know kind of board the the doors shut and then just kind of wait to see what happens. Um and eventually, of course, the aliens attack the house. Uh, after bangers. they have
0: after they have the, what they think is their last meal.
1: Oh yeah, the last meal. So like, yeah, everybody gets to pick what they want. So like, the little girl picks spaghetti. The kid picks French toast. Um, the brother picks chicken teriyaki, and uh, Mel Gibson picks a cheeseburger with bacon.
0: Lots Lo- of bacon.
1: Lots of bacon. <laughs> Yeah. So they they he cooks everything and they all sit down to eat and they're all like, "Can we pray?" And he's all like, "No, we're not praying." And he gets all, you know, shitty about it.
0: And so the then told them they hate him, yeah. Hate and then
1: yeah, the, yeah, the kids all hate him now, and everybody's crying. And then he tries to eat, and he can't eat either. And then they all have a big group hug, yeah. uh, and then apparently don't eat. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I was like that's a hell of a waste of food. Anyway, um, so. You know, they basically kind of like hunker down, like, you know, they're going to they're going to wait this thing out. Um, aliens like, you know, start attacking, but they're like basically banging on the walls and stuff. They're not really doing anything major um, until they hear them basically break in upstairs um, to the point to where they've like breached the the house. Right. Yep. Um, so that they're like, OK, well, we got to go in the basement. Right. Because there's no way they can get in. So we go in the basement. Um, they lock the door, and then they they come down and they're like trying to get in the door. They're holding the door closed. Um, the one the brother's looking for something to hold the door closed. And while he does that, he manages to break the only light bulb.
0: Yes, one <laughs> singular light bulb. Right.
1: What well, the one light bulb for the entire basement. He breaks it with the what is it? A pickaxe or something? Pickaxe. Yeah. Uh, it was a pickaxe, and then like you know, of course, they find like enough flashlights for one for everybody. Um, So they're all like just hanging out down there. Um, But then the aliens, they basically figure out the aliens are, are banging on the door, but they're not really trying to break in. They're just trying to distract them. And they're like, oh, what are they doing? And that's when they figure out that there's like a coal chute that they have. Um, And then the, the, the little boy was standing by the coal chute and the alien reaches out and like touches the little boy. Um, And they manage to, to like, you know, block it off. And, and the alien doesn't actually get in. But the kid the has kid an asthma attack. Right, right. Um, so, cause he's got asthma and his medicine isn't, he doesn't have his medicine on him. Um, so he's like having an asthma attack and Mel Gibson's like trying to like, you know, work him through it the, the psychological way. Right. Um, and eventually they all fall asleep. Uh, they wake up and, uh, the brother had found a box of light bulbs. So he replaced the one light bulb that he broke. <laughs> um, and basically it seems like all the aliens are gone because it's like morning now. Right. they're listening they don't hear anything they're like okay i guess it's gone so they open up the door they go upstairs um you know they turn on the tv and the tv says like yeah they're all gone you know um except
0: except for their wounded
1: yeah they left their wounded behind and they all escaped um and they they don't say specifically what um hurt them but they say like some a couple towns in the middle east figure out what it was and then they like told everybody else or so i don't know they don't, they don't really but they don't specifically say what it does to, to, to stop right um so they get to uh yeah they're trying to like you know figure out what happened they're trying to clean up the house and essentially um he puts the boy on the couch and he goes to like bring the tv back in the front room because it was in the closet before yeah um i get that doesn't matter why um so they, uh as he does that, he sees in the reflection of the TV that one of the aliens stayed behind, and he picked up his kid and is holding him hostage, um, uh, with like the little like needle that's coming out of his arm. Yes. Um, and I guess where did they where did they say that they spew some kind of poisonous gas? Was it on the TV that they said that? Yeah okay yeah they said anyway they said said,
0: because well because they said millions have died from poisonous gas
1: yeah they they said like these things secrete some kind of poisonous gas so like it was a known thing at that point i think we just found out about it anyway so he's like holding his hand above the kid's face with his like needle
0: thing um and i'm well then we have the then that's when we get all the flashbacks to what finally right. happened okay. with his wife
1: right yeah so we get all the white flashbacks and then essentially the brother comes walking in and, and Mel gibson looks at him like swing away because his brother was like a, um, an amateur minor league minor league baseball player who was really great at hitting but he struck out so much that he wasn't good enough to be good but when he did hit it he really cranked it
0: right and the one of those things like when his wife was dying said you know tell tell um what was his name merrill Merrill the swing away yeah so that's why we had to get that flashback to that
1: point. right yeah so then, yeah so the mel gibson looks at him and says swing away and then you know his his like baseball bat that he got with like his best home run was hanging on the wall so he grabs the bat um and he like hits the, the alien with the bat <laughs> um yeah. and then he what happened he, he knocks, happened. Him, he, he knocks him on the
0: ground against tv because the daughter leaves glasses of water everywhere, so the water falls onto
1: Right. So then they figure out that the the water is hurting him, so then he starts smashing all the the cups of water all over and then essentially like I guess kills he, it. Kills it. Um they don't really show the end of that, but they do show him like down on the
0: ground. No, it's the alien that was missing fingers. <laughs> oh yeah So it was the wounded one, and then it sprayed the gas into the son's face.
1: Right, and he was like, "Oh, it didn't get him because his lungs are closed." And like
0: his, his asthma his, saved him.
1: Okay, but his asthma attack happened like twelve hours ago. Yes, I'm sorry. We're out. We're the movie's over. We can get into the rants now. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> let's let's okay. let's
0: let, let's get into before we get into the that's goes that's gonna go into the twist. I think. Um, what was your first thought though? I mean, this is after coming off of Sixth Sense and unbreakable i'm assuming you're excited for this movie
1: i was i was very excited for this movie i was like this is gonna be great right and i watched it and like when i was watching it i was like okay this movie it's it's made well right i mean it it like it it looks good like it actually did a decent job making it right yes um but something just felt off to me like it didn't feel like it made sense correct (laughs) you know And, and i was like what is wrong what is like i couldn't quite figure it out while i was watching it um but you know at the end of it i was like okay it's over Ah, i don't even know how to feel about this movie and then like as i had to sit and think about it for a while as though like what felt wrong to me Mm -hmm. and then eventually it did click and i know what's wrong and i uh i'll I'll save that for the rant part of it but yeah something just (laughs) felt off to me the first time that i watched this and i couldn't quite place it um, yeah, and, and I, once I I figured it out, I, I understood that there was just plain old logical things that did not make any sense. Um, and that was what what, what was wrong with it. I guess is, is what I could say. Um, there was just yeah, there was there's too many things that were wrong <laughs> with the movie and the and the, and the way that things <laughs> happened. That it was that's what what didn't sit right with me, and I, it was it was kind of upsetting because again, yeah, leading up to this, like he had two you know, knocked out of the park, awesome movies. Um, and then this was really just put me off. And, it, and I really had to fit and think for a while to figure out how, what I really thought of this. movie.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, at this point I was, I was dating the wife, right. I'm pretty sure I took her and my parents wanted to see this too. So we all went to see this. And at the time X-Files had just come to a close and I was like, okay, this wasn't a horrible movie. It wasn't as good. There's parts that scared the crap out of kind cut. You know, she doesn't really like mirrors or anything like that. So like the, the alien going, you know, the reflection in the TV scared her. She didn't like that part. Um, But I would say the only good acting part was the asthma scene in the basement. Like, he was yes, I know he's not supposed to be very emotional. Mel Gibson's character, but the asthma scene—that was probably the best acting in the entire movie. Unfortunately,
1: um, I mean, Mel Gibson and uh, and, and Joaquin Phoenix—they did a good job. I mean, I'm not—they didn't do a poor job. I thought they they well acted it. I think it's just they they weren't the part that I didn't like. It's like they're poorly. they're okay. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're fine. I mean, they're, they're not. It's not like Oscar-winning performance or anything. But they did. They did good. I mean, there's no. I have no complaints about their acting. Um. Yeah. Rory Culkin and and Elwin Go Breslin. They both did great too. I mean, they both you know had their charm. You know, it's like they didn't hinge too much on them. Um, right. The things that did hinge on them, they did very well. Um. Again, it's like it's kind of the same thing in The Sixth Sense. Not as good as Haley Joel Osment, but again, it was it was done well. Again, you know, it's yeah. two. Child actors who I, as a general rule, don't like, but these did a good job. And, I, you know, I have no complaints there. Acting, pretty much all around, I have no complaints.
0: So would you say that's a highlight for you?
1: I don't know if it's a highlight.
0: You have highlights.
1: Um, I guess okay, <laughs> the highlight, the highlight would be they really sold that family relationship. Like, it really did feel like, you know, Mel Gibson was the dad, Uh, you know, uh, Joaquin Phoenix was the kind of, you know, screw up, but good hearted brother. Um, And the kids really like it really felt like they actually had a relationship. You know, they actually had like real emotion in there. Like, you know, the kids were, you know, I hate you, you know, because that's what kids do. right. Kids do that stuff. Yeah. It really felt it felt real. It felt genuine. I thought that that part of it was good.
0: Yeah. Yeah yeah i mean family dynamic absolutely is there um and you know you and i are not of any really faith and but i could see why his character would lose faith right right and it's, they're still in the it's six months they're still in the grieving phase quite honestly too
1: yeah no i mean I, I mean it yeah it makes sense even if he didn't like lose his faith or whatever it still makes sense that he would take off time i mean especially Spatical, he's got kids yeah. and stuff i mean Nothing nothing wrong with that. I mean, I guess uh I did leave out the very end is where they show like at the very end that he uh got his faith back and is and it went back to being a priest at the end. Um simply right. because he like asked God to save his kid and then the kid lived.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, that, and that's, that's
1: and that's fine. I mean, that's I have no problem with it. The religious factor r- did not bother me in this movie. It's not heavy-handed, it's not bad. No. Um, unlike some others that she'll remain nameless for now, um, but it's uh, it's it's good. It's it's like I said, all that all that stuff is good. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, I, think, I, th- I think we're entire low points into the twists of this movie. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah.
1: But yeah. My low point would be the just huge gaps in logic and just giant plot holes. At least for me, would be the low point. I'll we, get into those in a minute. Uh,
0: some of the dialogue stupid it was stupid that's the little point especially them interviewing talking to the cop about what they saw yes maybe they're in shock but she has to go what well, was it a midget or is he over six feet tall like the line of question to get anything out of it and then you know going you know how do you know it's a man you know there's women there that big. like that 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 whole questioning scene was very low point for me all right
1: well i mean okay she's a female sheriff you know, she needs. She's got to have something to work with, and she's trying to like needle him with that. Are you being sexist because you don't think a woman could do that kind of thing?
0: It just that that conversation though just didn't seem. It seemed off.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Like I, like just, I said, I'm tra-
1: not I'm not saying that the acting was stellar. I'm just saying I have no problem with it.
0: They, I think they're attempting to humor, and I don't think it paid off. That's fair. All right. Let's get into this uh, this twist in this rant here, shall we? Okay,
1: now, okay. I mean, I talked about the one thing where he's like, "Oh, none of the gas got in his lungs because his lungs were closed." That is literally how they say it in the movie.
0: He didn't have Um, his medicine. They got if his if
1: his lungs have been closed for twelve hours, poison gas is not your issue, man. The kid is dead. Okay, if lungs are closed and not taking in air for twelve hours, the kid is dead.
0: Been dead right. for exactly. eleven say, hours. And it doesn't make any minutes. sense.
1: The lungs are closed. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. You know, you just say, "Oh, we got him in time" or something. It doesn't matter. Why would you specifically say something that's stupid? That's not my biggest issue. My biggest issue is this: um, these aliens. Came to this planet to uh harvest people, right? Yep. Um, it's not specifically said what they're harvesting them for. Are they harvesting them for food? Are they harvesting yeah. them for slave labor? Yeah. Um, I mean, are they harvesting them for like DNA? Who knows? Nobody knows what they're doing. But they are coming here and they are grabbing people and taking them with them. They're not here yes. just for murder, murder parties. They're here to collect people and take them away. Right. That is their purpose. Yep. Um, they came here in spaceships. Those yes. spaceships have cloaking technology. Yep. Now, if these, if the, okay, they came here specifically for that purpose. I mean, any, from any other place in the universe, I don't care how far advanced you are. It will take resources to get here. Okay. So you, you spent resources to get here for this specific reason to harvest. You people. probably again,
0: had scouts.
1: Right, well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's fair. I mean, but they've, again, people have talked about, you know, ufos for years i mean that could easily be yeah the scouts um but that you spent resources to get here this was for a singular purpose now wouldn't you want that to be a a successful raid right yes now if you have the technology to build spaceships to get all the way here you have the technology to build cloaking technology for those spaceships how do you not have any weapons? How do you not have a, a net? How do you not have a stun baton? How do you not have anything that would that would help you in, in getting people? Right? Because obviously you're grabbing them, taking them back whole, right? You're trying to take them alive. But again, maybe you're gonna kill them later, or whatever. We don't know that. But I'm saying, how do you get all the way here for this singular purpose of grabbing people and you don't use tools? To help you do that again, if you're saying, "Oh, well, maybe these are honorable people. They do everything with their bare hands." One, they're using cloaking technology, right? If you were yep. truly that honorable of a people, you would not cloak yourself because you would have no need to do so. Or you're saying, "Okay, maybe they're like Predator. Maybe they're like the uh, they're hunters, right?" Predator has a code of honor. Would a Predator hold a child hostage? No, no, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Why would a, a an honorable hunter? Hold a small child hostage. He wasn't, there was no reason. If he was taking the child for some kind of trophy or something, that's one thing. No, he was specifically holding that child hostage for whatever reason. We don't know. What well, was he trying to get? Oh, we don't, presumably I don't know.
0: revenge for getting his fingers coughed because he was left there because okay. he was wounded.
1: Right. That's I mean, it. wounded. Two fingers cut off is like, wounded. To no, you're not perfect
0: there? enough. Yeah, you're, 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 I mean, it's you're, ridiculous. you're hurt.
1: <laughs> it's ridiculous. If you're, if you're attacking a planet with your bare hands. And somebody gets two fingertips cut off. That's wounded enough to leave there. They probably left half their entire population there.
0: Especially in America. They all shot. Right.
1: I'm just saying, yeah. Like, I mean, if you get shot once and survive, you're, oh, sorry, too wounded. Stay there. I mean, what kind of <laughs> idiot alien race is, again, <laughs> they have the technology to get here. They have the cloaking technology, and yet they came down here and tried grabbing people with their bare hands. They yes. had no weapons to break down a door. They had, they didn't have a battering ram. I mean, you could use, literally use found objects. You could use All a wrong. log from outside. <laughs> you could use anything. But no, they're banging on it with their bare hands, like a bunch of idiots. And these are supposed to be advanced beings from another planet? And this is physically how you're su-
0: trying to do stuff? Physically superior to us.
1: Right. I mean, like, this is how you're doing it. Like, oh, they have chameleon, like... You know, things so they can disguise themselves. Like They show a couple of times where, like, the girl's screaming face is, like, literally on the alien skin. It's like their chameleon abilities are that good. Yeah. Why? I mean, if they're literally coming to grab you with their bare hands, what the hell difference does it make if you're camouflaged or not? By the time they get close enough, you're going to know they're there. Yeah. I mean, it's just... <laughs> There's such the huge leaps in logic. I mean, that's, that's to me, that's a plot hole. You can drive a freaking bullet train through, (laughs) you know what I mean? That, that makes absolutely no sense. Whatever reason they are here to hunt people, they would have some method of capturing them. You know, again, like it would take, like, I mean, if you're a hunter looking at what the weaknesses of men, it would not take very long to see like, oh, look, they have, Stun batons that they stun each other with, you know. Cops have tasers, right? All right. of these things are for used, you know, for incapacitating people to be able to grab them. Uh, how come they wouldn't use any of that? They come down here with their bare hands. They didn't were, were, They weren't even wearing clothes, right? <laughs> I mean, it's to me, it's so so ridiculous. And then you know, even like, oh, they say how ridiculous is it that they would attack a planet that's two thirds water if they're allergic to water? Yes right again and i I get that a lot of people assume that's what i'm going to rant about they almost always do oh "Oh, i know what you're going to rant about it's going to be the water thing no really it's not because again i watch a lot of sci-fi okay i have to suspend my disbelief a lot to enjoy probably the majority of the (laughs) sci-fi stuff that i watch right because a lot of it doesn't make sense you have to you have to believe certain things in order for it to be fun yes um, I can use that ability to say, okay, well, maybe the water on our planet has some kind of microbes in them, right, that that don't exist anywhere else in the universe because we don't know because we've never tested water from other planets, right? Yes. There may be things in our water that don't exist in other places, and that's the thing that acts like acid to them. You know, maybe the water that we have is a certain pH level that's neutral to us, Right but that water level might be a different pH level on an alien planet to where it's now ours is acid to them, but theirs would be an alkaline to us or whatever. Yeah. Whatever it is. I mean, but I can, again, I can use that ability to see past that (laughs) and, and, and suspend that disbelief. So the water thing I'm not so upset about the thing that, that pisses me off is just that they would come here without any tools, without any weapons. Again, what is the key to technology? The key to technology is your thumb. Because you could hold a tool with it. That is the entire thing. That was how technology started: is you hold a tool that helps you do your your you know life's work with tools. Like you originally, we used sticks and rocks, right, to make things easier. You know, like you make like a a a cheap knife out of a chipped rock, and then you can now cut stuff with it, right? I mean, this is basic the, the starting of technology. So if you have the technology to make a ship and a cloaking device, you have the technology to make some kind of net or stun baton or or I mean guns obviously but I mean if you're trying to harvest people I understand why they wouldn't want to kill them but there are plenty of weapons that you can use that don't kill people but can capture them without injuring you and if that is the entire purpose of your species which it seems like it is that really really doesn't make sense to me that they wouldn't have some kind of tool (laughs) to do that with that's the thing that didn't sit right with me it's like, why are they down here scrambling around in their in their with their bare hands when they could should have something
0: to work with? Yeah, I mean that's that's fair. And like to the water point, you know, I, I would say yes, it's not necessarily a suspension of a disbelief to me, because even in stupid Prometheus and and Alien Covenant, we test the water before we go ahead and drink it. We, we have to realize that this environment is hostile to us a little bit. But if they're having scouts, they should know that, too.
1: I mean, yeah, I would I would assume so. But, I mean, the thing is, is that, um, I mean, if you've been to, let's say, a hundred worlds that had water on them and you were never allergic to the water, it wouldn't be something you'd look for. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, obviously, I mean, if they got those big old ships, I'm assuming they have their own, you know, drinking water or whatever else they drink, you know. I'm sure they have their own stuff. They don't have to come and drink ours. Um, And at at some point, unfortunately, after their attack, that's when they found out. Like, oh, shit, we need to get out of here.
0: Frank Don messed up. He's got this plan, right?
1: (laughs) Right. But it's like, I mean, how for doing all of that, you're pretty damn cowardly that if they if the people find some little way to fight back, you immediately run away, leave all of your people behind and just run. Yes. I mean, that's extremely cowardly. And you could say, yeah, I mean, a lot of people that are, you know, traditionally, whatever, you know, cannibals or, you know, slave traders, whatever they are, have been cowards and terrible people. That's correct. But those yes. people at least have the intelligence to know how to capture people. Yep. Right. You know, like oh, the cannibals. I'm I'm talking movie level cannibals. I'm not talking real cannibals, but I like movie level cannibals. They always have like traps or something. Right. Or they like they like, you know, try to make you trust them and then eventually, you know, you know, let you guard down and then they get you later or, or you know, whatever. Whatever it is. There there's always some way for them to do stuff. Like slave traders, they had uh, you know, nets and you know, and, and ways to like, you know, grab them and hold them down or shackles and stuff to like make sure that they could get them without hurting themselves, right?
0: Even a planet full of apes that rode on horseback had nets.
1: Right. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's like one of the basic tools. I mean, like, again, you you f- you first learned about nets when you're trying to fish, right? Right. I mean, any, you know, I guess you could say, well, maybe they don't have water on their planet, and that's why they're taking they water, and they never fished, but they, so that they never came up with nets. Okay, that's fine, but they should have some kind of tool that helps them yes. grab. I mean, maybe it's just like one of those big grabby hands, right?
0: <laughs>
1: you don't just have like a super technological version of that that just grabs people, and you just throw them in a bucket or something.
0: And I would you could even venture to say that they would probably have gone to other planets first and maybe just thought the idea that humans are the weakest species, so there would be no issue.
1: Well yeah, but still you don't come down with your bare hands. I know. <laughs> I mean nobody does that. Even even like, you know, it's like in World War Two, like the Nazis who thought everyone was inferior to them, right? Yep. Did they walk into their town naked and try to fight people with their bare hands because they're superior? No, they're not stupid. So again, people that have spaceships and cloaking devices are they obviously have some smart people around.
0: Right. And they know enough that there's that they need us for something. Right. Yeah.
1: So again, it, it, the whole thing was just such a huge <laughs> lack of logic. It's a huge plot <laughs> hole for me that I was just that was the thing that bothered me. And after I thought about it, that was the thing that just it, it prevents me from enjoying this movie. Because that bothers me so much. So it, is, it bothers you more than the,
0: bothers you more than the actual twists of the movie.
1: Yes, <laughs> it does. That's fair. Because, because to me, it's like it's it's such a huge oversight. Like anybody who thought about this for longer than like thirty minutes, which I'm assuming that took longer than that to write and think out this movie. Anybody that looked at this, <laughs> well, whatever. I gonna say, like anybody who looks at this rationally, you know, within like thirty minutes, will be like, why are, why don't they have weapons? Why are they using their bare hands? It doesn't make sense. Any anyone could do that. It's an amateur move to not think that far ahead.
0: Hey, and this doors is, doors are hard, okay? Well,
1: okay, the door, the door thing. People make fun of him trying to be able to open the door. He couldn't open the door because there was a freaking table holding it shut. Right. That's okay. I forgive them for that. When it, when it came to the doorknob in the basement, they were trying to turn it. They understood how doorknobs work, at least at that point in time.
0: And that was a really shoddy door too.
1: Right. But I'm just, you know what I'm saying is that they, they figured it out. So that they're not like brain dead. Yes. They can understand how to do things, but like, why would you ever try to just grab people with bare hands? Because yeah, they got lucky. This guy's a priest and he doesn't have any guns in his house. Right. Um yeah. any other hick town, if you're going to like some farmhouse in the middle of nowhere in, I can, in the Midwest. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah and Philadelphia, in the you know, and whatever, 45 miles away, whatever. If there's a farmhouse with a cornfield around it, people have guns. Yep. Guaranteed. Yep. And even if they have like, you know, some gun that their granddad had, as long as it still functions, these things would be obliterated. Yes. I mean, there would be no way to fight back, and they're talking about the only people who fought back were the people that figure out that water hurt him. I'm like, if they anybody, if they're coming at you with their bare hands, anyone with a gun would be, you know, way better than they would. Yes. Again, that was another thing that didn't make sense to me. It's like, yeah, in this specific instance, at that specific house, yes, it, okay, it would have been an even match because there's no guns there, right? Um, but in any other normal midwestern house, or you know, anywhere really. You know, there's guns everywhere, especially in America. Yes. Uh, And one of those guns could take out their entire group. Yep. Right. Uh, I mean, because they're obviously not bulletproof because if you hit them with a bat, they fall down. Right. So like, they're obviously not invincible. They're not that strong. If they would have had any like normal, you know, farm shotgun, they would have
0: blasted that thing in outer space. I would say they're more fragile than we were, too, even though strength and speed not even strength i mean how hard is it to move a table from well
1: well, when you're on the other side of the door it's kind of hard (laughs) that's why i like the whole putting the chair under the doorknob (laughs) thing yeah it 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 would be easy to move the chair away when you're on the other side it's extremely hard to get through that door
0: well i'm saying they can run really fast they can they're agile enough to get on top of a farmhouse really quickly but you'd think strength wise they'd have more well yeah Uh,
1: again it's like conveniently they're super strong and super agile uh, except when they don't want them to be right and then they're not anymore but again they're just the more you think about it the more ridiculous and stupid these aliens seem there's just so many huge plot holes about what they're here for and what they would be doing if they were here for that (laughs) it's I don't know again the more and more I think about it the more the more I think about this movie I just get angry <laughs> and, and just so, like how stupid he thinks we are
0: right so would you say up until that point okay even uh, twist is pretty dumb but besides that part you know of that obviously that part that ruin that just takes you out of the movie right it ruins the movie yes and does it even make does it make it even worse on the rewatch do you think um i'd say
1: it's about the same i mean it, it started earlier, you know, cause I already knew it was going to happen. Um, right. But essentially it's just the same like stupidity, like up until that point, again, the movie is well shot. I mean, it's, it's well acted. As I said, it's, it's, you know, the acting is, is passable. It's not, again, it's no Oscar worthy performances here, but it's good. And um, it, it just, it falls apart. <laughs> it, it just falls apart when the aliens actually like, you know i'm using quotes here attack like it yeah. just it's such like just i mean just i, I don't even know i don't even know how to, to describe it it's just so like imbecilic right it's like so uh like childish like the way that this attack is thought out you know it's, it's just
0: would you say it's an, it's insulting how stupid
1: yeah again as I said before, it's like how stupid they think we are that we're not going to make those decisions and that's uh, again, from this point forward in his catalog of movies, this is a uh kind of a normal thing now, yep, like I don't know he like he had a great twists in the first couple of movies, and he's like, oh yeah, I got this down no problem i can I can do this and this is the first one that really made me go, wow like you really didn't think of any of this like you didn't think of this at all through the whole production process of this movie no one ever said hey why don't they have a stun gun <laughs> no one ever said that to you i highly doubt that
0: right and at this point going forward as of right now until we get later into his movies potentially that it's like he wrote the twist first and then wrote a movie around it, it was right. like he took the idea of Hey, what if four of the worlds, but instead of microbes, they're just allergic to the water? Yeah,
1: it's like he he takes like this this base idea or base like metaphor, and yes. then he makes the movie around it. But he, the thing is, is that he doesn't think through a lot of it. You know, like he, he's trying to 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 put up buttresses to support his goofy metaphor, and he's yeah. not thinking logically about what would really happen in that situation correct and again moving forward this is uh, not all of those movies because there are movies after this point that i do like but they are now in the minority
0: past he this point. is this is it, his bell curve but really high right. for greatness and then steep drop
1: <laughs> right yeah and, and then after this um yeah
0: it's like a signs, gradual incline. Yeah, signs
1: upset me a lot but again, there was still some positivity there. Like, okay, maybe this was just his one miss, and this next one is the <laughs> one that this one is like, no, he is dead to me. Like, this is yeah. this is ridiculous.
0: Yeah. So, number of brain cells lost out of ten for you on this one. Wait.
1: Um, uh, I, I I try. I'm. I mean, there's a there's a number I want to say. And then there's a number. I have to try to factor in all the other elements here. And again, there is some good elements here. Um, mm-hmm. and, I mean, there's obviously there's huge things that I can't get over. Um, so this is obviously not going to be a rewatchable movie for me. No. <laughs> um, but I I can't take away all of its merits. It's not terrible. So I will say four point five.
0: Four point five.
1: Four point five out of ten.
0: All right, so you're saying he's, he's about a six pack in you before you can watch? Right. It yeah. Right.
1: Well, yeah, six pack, and I probably have to be alone because people don't want to hear me bitching the entire time. I'm fine with it. Well, you're fine. I'm just saying, <laughs> people in general.
0: Yeah. So, on especially the rewatch, right? This is I don't rewatch this one often. It to me, it gets worse every time I see it. Um. And knowing full well what we were looking at and, and stuff like this with this, I don't like the wife will put it on probably every couple of years. I don't sit down and watch, I probably only watch this three full times now. Um so it it's a big decline and I'm I'm going down to five point five. When I first watched it, I wasn't as bothered with it. On each rewatch though, it gets worse for me
1: yeah it's again this is the only the second time i've ever watched this movie <laughs> the first time i watched it thankfully it was not in a theater and i did wait until it came out on video um because it, well at this time i was broke so i didn't see any i didn't see six Sense or unbreakable or signs in the theater so i wanted to but i was broke so i had to wait till it it came to at this point in time blockbuster i believe <laughs> because it was, was 2002
0: or three what was this was this part of your downfall of your lack of horror movies was this movie contributing um, to that?
1: Yeah. I think it was it was already <laughs> fading before this point, but this was one of the like the stabs. Because he was like the you know, he had those two great movies, and I'm like, okay, he's one of the the last horror people that I actually enjoy, and then this movie just ruined
0: <laughs> it. It's yeah, it's fair. All right, you're ready to go on to the next shit show. Okay,
1: now <laughs> I am going to do my best to try to keep the venom out of my voice as you're describing this movie. Um, I can't promise that it will be completely missing, but I will do my best to keep it to our, our rant section.
0: Yeah, this, this, this next movie really, really, like this was uh, the one after this, which we're discussing next week is also a huge decline too. Um, I saw the next one is The Village. I did see this in theaters again. Oh, I'm sorry. I still had some hope. Some hope. Uh, I believe. That this would be
1: good. I believe I didn't see it. I No, I definitely didn't see it in theaters. And I didn't see it right when it came out on video. I want to say it was probably a year or two later when I watched it. Yeah. I didn't and, I didn't and, I didn't know the twist before I watched it so I just kind of stayed out of those conversations but yeah it was a oh, while it was, easy,
0: it was easier in 2006 the internet really wasn't that prevalent well yeah I wasn't yeah, we were... weren't attached
1: to it we didn't I don't I didn't know yeah. I didn't even have a cell phone at this point in time so yeah I don't um, think I, I don't think I got a cell phone until 2007 <laughs> or 8
0: yeah i mean cell phones didn't really have much internet at this point
1: you know? no I'm just, saying, um, I'm just saying this is the era of technology that we're talking yeah
0: about. <laughs> I I mean the the wife and I girlfriend then still were excited for this because she got sick of all the torture porn movies that have they came out the year before we already had our hostels we already had our cabin fevers we already had our saw so she was more hopeful with this with a supernatural thriller horror movie like this than the other stuff that's come out at that point in time so so I went into this hopeful. That maybe, okay, maybe Signs was a flop. Maybe Signs was just a fluke. We can get out of our minds and this will return to form with this movie. As we'll discuss, clearly not. <laughs> so it starts off with uh, Running Gleason. Before I get into that, once again, stellar cast in this movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, yeah, you're talking, I mean, that's a Willard, like William Hurt. I mean, Sigourney, Sigourney Weaver, Weaver, Joaquin Phoenix again, um, Bryce Dallas Howard. I mean, back Jesse back
0: from, Eisenberg.
1: Right. Yeah. Jesse Eisenberg in a tiny, tiny little yeah. role. I don't think any of his appearances are even like in focus. Well, I guess no. the, the one Agent, is in focus, but the other yeah. is his other major scene. He's not even in focus in the scene.
0: Agent Brody. <laughs> yeah. Greer. Brody.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is like uh, all of his movies. <laughs> have yeah. Great yeah. Cast.
0: yeah. He said, did you say Joaquin yet?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And uh, Brendan Gleeson. Love Brendan Gleason.
1: Is he the, is he Mr. Nicholson?
0: Uh in Mr. Mercedes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was, no, in this movie, Mr. Nicholson. Yeah, yeah the guy, guy whose kid
1: dies in the very, very yes, beginning. Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. I don't know his name, but I know the guy. Yes, I know what you're talking
0: about. Yeah, he was in, you know, twenty eight days later. Yeah. He's in yeah. he was also in
1: gangs in New York.
0: Like Placid. He's in shit tons of stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he's fantastic. I didn't I didn't know his name, but I know I definitely know him
0: i and I, I already liked him because of all the stuff previously like late class and all that stuff loved him in that regardless like i said great cast
1: mm-hmm.
0: like great premise the trailer was phenomenal i think it, it really worked to lure you in
1: oh it did anyway. it definitely did and, and, and i was thinking about it but i was like no <laughs> i got burned i got burned <laughs> you, hurt me, and I, you, yeah, hurt, you me. hurt me i hurt not i don't want to stay away from it um but th- a lot of things were happening at this point in time um i was i think when did uh when did episode two come out it was right around this time right a
0: year before
1: yeah so this is like the time period where i was like i was trying to distance myso- myself No,
0: episode three was out by then this is 2006 well, so okay was I was, 2005
1: i was so angry at episode one that i did not watch episode two until i believe two or three years after episode three came out
2: Okay. So, <laughs> this time from, yeah.
1: right. So, like, I didn't. I I totally stayed away from them because I was just angry at like every movie maker <laughs> I was just trying to stay away from movies. I was just very angry.
0: That's fair. Rightfully so. And I was That's very, very
1: disappointed said. at this point, at this at this point in history. I was very upset.
0: Yeah. All right. So it starts off with Brendan Gleeson's Mister Nixon bearing a kid, and we see a tombstone, and. I don't know how I'm to describe this. So, yeah, essentially- well, the
1: tombstone says that the kid died in 1897, and since he's burying him now, that means that right now it is
0: 1897.
1: 1897
0: yes. Correct. That's a, that's, a, that's oh, the only way to say it. Yeah, So, essentially, I there's so little that happens in here um, <laughs> in this movie. Essentially, we get we get to get introduced to the town folk. Um, the older actors that we named are the elders of this, and um, they kind of discuss. Like we get like a montage, everything that's going on there. Right? We we see this this quaint Pennsylvania town, because of course it's Pennsylvania, and people just turning butter, people sweeping, having fun, kids being kids, and while two young ladies were sweeping, they see a red flower, they pick it up and immediately bury it. So. Once again, it's color red, big thing. Right. Um, and we get introduced to, uh, you know, we get Lucius Hunt, played by what Ken Phoenix, I think does a good job. He goes, you know, I know my dad died because he left town, but we need to go to these other towns to get medicine. I think I'm strong enough. I'm brave enough. They can these these creatures that they um, those we don't speak of. That they'll see my intentions are pure. They won't hurt me. Like but we've had this truce. We have this tree line that we have lit torches and guard towers, and we have this truce with them. We don't go into their territory. They don't come into our territory. So we have this.
1: Right. Yeah. But that. Um, yeah. Basically. Basically, meaning they can't leave the town because right. these you know people that shall not be named or whatever they are
0: those that we don't speak of live
1: outside yeah those they don't speak of live outside uh in the forest and so they can't leave the town because then they'll be trespassing on their land
0: and break the truce,
1: right so essentially they have to stay in the town all the time
0: yes um and you know there's you know uh his friend is watch how they go see they hear like howling and rustling um, but then strange creatures, I don't know if they're like strange pigmen babies are like killed throughout the town every once in a while. And yeah, they look um, like, they
1: look like gnolls. If you uh, Yeah. If you if you know D D stuff. Gnolls are like hyena men. They look like yeah. they look like hyena men.
0: Yeah, but they're like, oh, you know, they're oh just coyotes, coyotes they're like well, coyotes don't just rip the skin, fur, feathers, skin off, and leave the meat and leave like you know, this is much more powerful stuff like that um they're debating all this stuff but judy greer i didn't if i didn't know at that time i didn't know who judy greer was she's such a small role cameras never focused on her yeah um and she's talking to um her her dad's william hurt
1: yeah william hurt is the father of judy greer and Bryce Dallas Howard. Bryce Dallas Which Howard we, she plays the come, younger sister. But
0: she doesn't really come in until, like, we get Joaquin Phoenix and Judy Greer and other characters well before her. Right.
1: Yeah, literally, the <laughs> first appearance of Bryce Dallas Howard in this movie is when she's consoling Judy Greer after Joaquin Phoenix turns her down. Right. That is literally she, her first appearance in the
0: movie. Yeah, because she's talking to her dad. She's like, I'm attending the marriage man. Does he know that? No, no, he doesn't know that yet. I haven't t- spoke to him about it. I'm in love, daddy. Right, Daddy, I'm in love, and he, you <laughs> know, talks to him, and she's crying her eyes out. And then we meet Bryce Dallas Howard, um, and comforting her. You know, she's and she's blind, um,
1: but she can you know, still run.
0: She runs really well. Yeah, she knows that. She knows that town inside out. I'm,
1: well, yeah, um, I'm holding. I'm holding. I'm holding back. Um. Yeah. So, one little thing. One quick aside. Um. Those torches at the edge of the town yes right? they burn all night long yep um do you have any idea the logistics of how much fuel you would need to keep those torches burning every night i mean you're talking like what 12 hours right a night oh and, uh, yeah, they, eight, and the they, torches they are to like have... maybe 10 feet apart I they mean, have I'm, to
0: have like some sort of animal rendering factory somewhere. I'm just saying, the like, there is <laughs> yes.
1: no way that these people could produce that much fuel. There's there's we'll, there's no possible way. Their entire we'll get... like they'd have to have a tank the entire size of their town underneath that place.
0: Yes. Yeah, we'll again, get into again, logistics I'm, of I'm not, this place. Yeah,
1: I'm not uh, there's, well, there's a lot more I want to say. I'm just, just right, quick yeah. aside, is that that's not my main yeah. problem
0: um and you know is talking about you know there's secrets everywhere everyone has a secret and like you look at the elders house and they have this black box that's just there right yeah. um a lock, so, a locked black box yes um we also introduced asian Brother, who is mentally challenged in this movie
1: he's a simple man
0: yeah he is um really fast runner Likes to play games with Bryce Ellis, Howard's, Howard's character. You can tell that he clearly loves her. Or in his, is infatuated in with her. Way.
1: In his yes. Way. Yes.
0: yes. Yes. And they play running games where you have the simpleton and the blind woman running around the town playing hide and seek. Oh, yeah. I, was, is... <laughs> <laughs> I don't
1: want to get to it. But anyway, she's a blind girl, and she is running full speed down a hill. And we're not talking this is just a plain old empty place. No, there's like trees around. And there's like scrub brush and stuff. There's like clear paths that you have to follow. And yeah. she just runs full speed with no stick, no nothing, no hands out in front of her, just running full speed.
0: Yep. Okay. Um. So, you know, she's and they meet down by the yeah, after she runs to there, they run through like the edge by like a creek essentially. And she's talking to Lucius like, you know, I understand you spurred my sister, I think, is because you know, used to, whenever my hand was held out, you he would hold it, and that becomes a theme kind of throughout that movie a little bit, right? Uh-huh. Uh, so Lucius loves her, but this, in this olden period that the eldest daughter has to be spoken for first before the next daughter can get married off. Um, Within, like, oh, I'd say a couple of days later, Judy Greer's character is in love with another man, no, he no like his- a
1: couple days later she's engaged to do another man, not right. just in love with another engaged to another man,
0: even though his he doesn't like his shirt to be wrinkled correct oh. and thing,
1: that dude uh that she's engaged to was the 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 guy that was like the computer expert in dollhouse. if you ever watched that show
0: was it him? I thought yeah, it was that's him the stoner from cabin in the woods
1: <laughs> right
0: yes, yeah. okay, I thought it was him. Uh, Justin Heiberg, his character, his character after this, he has a bowl hat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> bowler. Bowler hat. Bowler hat. Yes. That's his character development. There Correct. you
1: go. Yes. Yeah, he's like, he <laughs> um, has like two lines in the whole movie.
0: Yeah. And they play this game where they turn their back to the edge of the woods and then see who could be their longest. Lucius had the longest record because he's he questions a lot of stuff that's going on in this village. He questions why he can't leave town if these creatures are real or not blah 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 blah. so there's dissent going among the teens teens, young 20 year olds of not um, believing well, stuff yeah, that's going on
1: to be fair he doesn't want to go outside just because he wants to go outside he wants to go outside to get medicine like the kid that died in the beginning of this died did not have the disease. died yeah. right and they're saying like these there's medicines that could have prevented this disease in the towns that's what they call the outside world the towns um is yeah. they uh need to go there to get medicine to make sure that people don't die like this anymore so i mean he has a Good noble attention. reason for doing this yeah he's not just right. doing it because he's like well screw you guys i want to go outside no he's like we need to get medicine yeah. so that other people can live so that no one else dies
0: he's doing it for yeah. noble, noble reasons but he also understands there's secrets and there's more to this village than what he realizes
1: mm, um yeah well, I, I don't yeah. know i don't know if he thinks it goes Deep or anything, but yeah, he knows the yeah. elders have their reasons, he just wants to convince them otherwise,
0: right? Um, so Judy Greer gets married to I don't want my shirt wrinkled guy, right? And uh, an attack happens, they spot creatures coming into the village, so everyone kind of runs and hides and the whole holding the hand things out. Like uh, Bryce Alice Hard leading, holding her hand out, trying to find you through, and then he grabs it and saves her, pulls her out of the safety, and then they start seeing creatures, and then. They're going underneath, and she's holding her hand out for him to come back because he's going to stay and see what's happening with those that we don't speak of. Right.
1: Right. Just a a quick aside here. Uh, She is totally blind, but she can see two
0: colors,
1: color auras, essentially. So you can see auras of two people one is her father, and two is Lucius. Yes. So she knows when he's around because she can see his aura.
0: And right. the same thing because she's them. able to, she's able to see. He he's outside her porch one time, and she's like, "I saw your color. Right. I saw you." Right. Um. But anyway, she holds her hand out, and they go there. And there's attacks at the doors, and some houses have essentially had red marked on their doors, being marked or saying that this is now kind mm-hmm. of a, you know, you invaded our spot because Agent Brody's character was seen going venturing outside the town into the forest and he finds red berries you know red attracts them red is the forbidden color and they wear yellow to counteract it um so uh essentially then they start realizing that lucius and uh ivy is joyce is brycella howard are in love uh agent very character doesn't like that very much so he gets a little stab happy with lucius right um, and I would say at this point in time, this is the change from it being focused on Ivy or from Lucius and her sister to Ivy. Right. Is when he gets stabbed. And they go, oh, he's been stabbed. And he's like, okay. And he gets stabbed at least one more time. Yeah. Um, yeah he gets stabbed. Then,
1: yeah. Multiple but, times.
0: Right. Um. But they're going to get medicines that's going to help s- stop the stabbing from happening. <laughs> or well. Being,
1: Oh no, like later on, um the one guy says he was able yeah, he was able to sew him up. So that part of it is fine. Yeah, the infection thing is what they're concerned about.
0: It's always an infection that kills people in this time period. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
1: That's like yeah, they can sew you up just fine, but yeah, you're gonna die from something because probably what you got stabbed with hasn't been cleaned in ever.
0: Right. So um, you know, so William Hurt's character is like, you know. My daughter, I want to go to the towns to get medicine. No one else should have to die. He essentially, he doesn't want his daughter to lose her love. Who's fading because she doesn't see his color anymore. Right. And he's meeting with the elders behind the building. Like, you know, we left the towns for a reason. We have this place. We don't go back there. Like, well, Ivy's going. And so she goes and she, he gets, she gets led to a the forbidden shed.
1: <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> um And she goes, Oh, okay. And then she starts to go with her. You know, we're like, We're saying the strongest person we have to the towns. They sent Ivy, who's never left the town, to go find the towns with her magic rocks and two men. They're supposed to be accompanying her. Two boys, um, to be two funny. boys. One gets like steps into the woods. He goes, Nope, I'm out. See yeah, ya. Exactly. And this is only supposed to be like a half day hike for a. A fully abled person that knows the woods that be able to see it's only supposed to be like a half day hike obviously it's going to take her a little bit longer because she doesn't know it. there's places she she's never been um she create she builds like a what they, It's they a lean to but like the hire's nest what would you call it like it
1: uh pr- like the protection from the rain i don't, well, I don't know
0: i it was almost camouflage ish
1: well it's but, just a, yeah harp to stop
0: being yeah. down um and the other guy goes, you know what, you're strong enough to do this by yourself. See ya, <laughs> right? Um, and she then is is traveling through the woods. You know, Adrian's boy character is locked up at this point because he w- did bad things. He's been in the Silent House before when he's when he's bad. Um, and eventually she finds like a big pit that she almost falls into, is able to climb out of, and then well, she's wandering me, around. She
1: does fall into, she just doesn't fall all the way in.
0: Yeah. Um and then she r- runs around, she's hearing a creature she's running and she's realize she doesn't realize it, but she's in the field of the red flowers essentially, and then we do see a creature in the woods um i I think it was that is that when we get the flashback to what was in the shed
1: um we get the flashback right after the second guy leaves
0: or right okay. before
1: r- right around there.
0: Um, so essentially they have a suit of the creature those that we don't speak of in the shed that you know that they were creatures that exist in the forest but they do this to keep people out of there so they have their own suit so it's all been them at least for inside the town it's been the elders or someone wearing it that they are based off you know they created this idea of creatures that her dad's a teacher that he read about creatures that exist in the woods so they never actually met them, but they base their fear and the creatures. They tell the kids that they're there off of these tales. They're in the creatures in the woods around there. So she knew at this point that they're at least the ones in the town were fake. Right. This one seems to be different. Um, starts chasing her down. She's able to run really well and find her way back to the pit by herself. Without her cane, because her cane was broken at that point. And she stands at the edge of the pit and um, the creature goes a lunge at her and falls into the pit. Um I believe at this point, then we get flashback to the town. They go look at Agent Brody's character, and he escaped the silent house. And we cut back to her and um, realizes Agent Brody's character in that suit, and he dies. So he was able to track her. He probably had known for quite some time that the creature was just a suit. But essentially, he was playing with her hide and seek like they did normally. And it makes sense that he'd want to follow her to make sure that he cares for her in his way. Um, so eventually, she gets to what seems to be a wall of ivy or vines, and Then we can tell, wait, something's weird. And she climbs it. She jumps on the other side, and it's a fence. Like a normal fence. And a car drives up. And this is when we realize that it is modern times. Um, she's, she can't see anything. She's like, hey, I need this list of things. Can you go get them? Uh, the guy calls it in, um and we find you know what's your name ivy 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 walker it's walker walker forest preserve on the truck he gets back um to a guard house where m night's there and you know don't talk to anyone you know that a couple of years ago they had some billionaire tell him hey this is this preserve is a no-fly zone to protect the animals that live within it no one can go in there if you even if you he hear anything." Um, gets medicine, she returns. While this is going on there, there's also a flashback to the elders opening up their boxes and realizing that in the 70s or 80s that they were all, they all had someone in their life die from violence. So they decided to uh, build this town kind of as an experiment because the, the dad really was a teacher and he wants to go back to a simpler time um, right and that his dad was shot in the head by his business partners for the money and the business partner killed himself they all met through like grief counseling and they all decided to do this you know here they are 25-ish years 30 years later and they raised their kids in this village and this is their secret and then people start writing you know ivy's return she killed one of the monsters and that's when they realized that his uh, parents that he is dead William Hurt's character goes well your son made these creatures more real than we ever could and then she comes back to Lucius' side and is like I came back I have the medicine end of movie
2: right right. yep <clears throat>
0: uh, my first thoughts when I saw this was alright his his decline is still going down
1: <laughs> well, yeah after I watched this movie I basically decided that I did not like him anymore. Yeah. This was um, this was basically the last draw for me.
0: This may have been other than the rift tracks version if there is one. It's either the second or third time I've watched this movie. And that's it. Yeah, this um, is this is only
1: my second. I was very very angry the first time I watched it and this is only the <laughs> second time I've ever watched it since
0: yeah so yeah that's my first thoughts was this the acting was fine the storytelling the twist was awful and we'll get into that twist Do you said highlights is the cast the cast is amazing visually looks great
1: yeah like i said it's up until a certain point it's a good movie i mean it, yes. it really is It's it's shot well it's acted well um, it, it's done. You know, there's like a, a mystery of like what's going on and what these things are and that kind of. You know, it's it like it really, um, you know, sells that. Yes, um, I, I'll, I'll give it. I'll, I'll give it that. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. Low I mean, points like, besides the is, you have low points other than the twist or some of the plot that were.
1: Um, I mean, I'm just yeah, I'm just gonna say, faults in logic. There's just so there's so many just stupid faults and logic that that's going to be my low point i'll go i'll go into them in-
0: yeah yeah that that's definitely the 100 percent the low points of that um well let's get let's get into that right, um, shall we the twist okay.
1: yeah i mean number one uh you can't figure out the twist because he blatantly lies to you
0: um, like I said, Plata lies. The,
1: yeah. The very first scene of the movie, the tombstone clearly says 1897. Yep. Um. Now, th- he didn't have to put a year on that tombstone. I mean, right. very easily not. No one would have seen it as odd if you didn't put a year on a tombstone, especially in 1897. At the time, they just had a wooden cross as a fucking tombstone. Anyway, like, I mean, it,
0: right. it wasn't a big if he, thing. If he didn't show the year, if he didn't show the year, it'd been far better. I rewatched it. I go, he fucking lied.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, I didn't catch it the first time because obviously I wasn't looking for it. But yeah, like literally the first scene of the movie, and you look and you see, okay, eighteen ninety seven. That's a clear lie. Like you not, I mean, you can't see this twist coming because you blatantly lie to people. Yeah. Um. I mean, not only that, but like, I mean, this is a a small town, right? Yep. I mean, you're talking like how many people live in this town, like maybe a hundred people. Yeah. Um, And you look at like, who is making the tombstones? Yep. Who is making that coffin? It's like a perfectly wooden pine coffin. Yeah. You're like, where are all these craftsmen <laughs> that are making all this stuff? I mean, because, uh, yeah, you can have all this stuff made. I mean, yeah. Oh, he's a billionaire. And, you know, he can make this little village in the middle of nowhere. But again, no one leaves the town, including them. So everything moving forward is going to have to be self-sufficient. And that stuff is going to wear out. So you're talking, what, 20, 25 years later, like a lot of this stuff is going to be breaking down.
0: They have because enough livestock. They have enough everything.
1: Right, right. I mean, there's, there's just so many things that don't make sense. I mean, there are ways to do it, sure. But, I mean, it's just not done well. Like I, like I brought up the point about the torches before. Like they clearly use fuel. Like if you look at them, they have like little buckets of fuel. Like they barely kill use some kind of oil or some kind of thing, and they let them burn all night long and yeah. there's one every ten feet around the entire outskirts of the city and again, you can picture how big a town is with a hundred people there's like houses for every family, yes, you know, and then they have like the whole town square where they have these big huge tables where everybody eats dinner together and stuff like this is like a, a, a pretty large thing, so you're talking again in order to keep this stuff going for twenty years because you have no way to make your own fuel in the middle of a forest in the middle of nowhere correct so like you'd literally have to have a tank that's like as big as the entire town underneath it just for that one thing
2: yeah uh
1: i mean yeah like food and stuff yeah you can easily you know again we didn't see the entire town they could have easily lived self-sufficient i mean they've shown that you know if you have a i think it's what is a half acre if you, like, maximize the efficiency for, like, a half acre of land, you can feed yourself off of that. Like, right. I think you can feed a family off of that. Like, yeah. totally self-sufficient. Yeah. So, I mean, it's possible that, like, that part I'm not upset about. It. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> you know, anything that's metal. You know, they didn't have a blacksmith. They don't have anybody mining ore to make things with. Correct. You know what I mean? It's like anything that knew that they would need, like, you know, again, they're they're there having children and stuff. Like, where are they getting the stuff to, I mean, everything would, they'd have to have a huge flock of sheep and everything would have to be made out of wool. Yeah. You know, they don't have cotton, <laughs> you know, you know, the amount, you know, space you need to make the amount of cotton to make clothes for all these people. Like, oh. we're talking like belts and <laughs> and hats and buckles and all this stuff that they have. They don't have the materials to make that stuff it would again after 20 to 25 years all that stuff would be breaking down it would look like a a post-apocalyptic town by that point Uh, because they have no new resources coming in yeah again it's Uh, it's a it's a an idea that he thought of and then no one ever gave him the logistical like this would not work
0: (laughs) yeah and, well, I mean, to talk about even when the, when she goes out, they're talking about the newspaper that only a couple of years ago that someone issued a no-fly over there. Like That means he still left the town. Someone had to do it, right? If well, he was I the mean, sole proprietor of the money, he in the Forth Preserve.
1: He obviously has people on the outside because there's no way that he could you know, here, here security company, here's your payment for the next, however many years, there's no way in hell they would still do their job. Right. If they had no one to check on them, <laughs> they wouldn't do their job. They'd just leave and just take all right. their money. So, I mean, there's still obviously somebody probably like a foundation. I mean, that's usually how they do. it. They have yeah. some kind of foundation and they appoint people to, to see their interest. So there's probably people that know they're in there on the outside, obviously the minority. But there has to be people on the outside that know they're in there and and their interest is if they want to keep the foundation going, because they know if people find him there, the foundation's funding is going to go away. Right. Yeah. So they know that their job depends on (laughs) them keeping people out of there. So, yeah, I'm sure those people would be working behind the scenes to make sure that they never get found, because, again, if they get found, they lose all their money. Yep. Yep. And so this guy is probably sitting on a cush job, making you know millions of dollars a year, just making sure this these people don't get found, and that nobody goes in that place. Yes. So that that again, that part I'm not too upset about. That part I can make sense of.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about sending Bryce Dallas Howard. <sighs> not, okay.
1: See, this is this is the thing <laughs> that really really bothers me. There's two things that really really bother me. Um, one is that, I mean, how big of assholes are these elders, right? That they yes. literally interrupt their own daughter's wedding to scare people with this fake ass shit, right? Yes. I mean, they literally, like, I mean, the wedding was still going full, full strength. But, everybody was partying and stuff.
0: But there's joy. There's happiness. Right. There's right. unity.
1: And they totally interrupt it for, like, everybody, because everybody, you know, except for them, thinks that this stuff is real. Um, yes. So they're running around pretending like they're running for their lives as well in the middle of a freaking wedding just to, like, scare people into not leaving. I mean, it's not like they're, te- they're you know, just telling people don't go into the woods. You know, bad stuff will happen in there. No, they are actively, like, using psychological warfare against these people. Them. Right. <laughs> force them to never go out there because you will die. I mean, that's literally right. what they're saying. Um, you know, and so the, these elders dressed up in these outfits and like chased people around, like scaring them, making them hide in the basements during this wedding. Um, and then like again, they're they're skinning <laughs> animals, right? They're they're killing and and slaughtering their own livestock to try to make a point. Now later on, they do make a statement when when Ivy is talking to her dad after she gets shown the shed, and she's like, "So you guys killed all those animals too?" And what is what does he say? He goes, oh, I think it's one of the elders, but I don't think that'll happen anymore. I mean, that's yeah. that's your explanation? <laughs> that's, that's all you have? That is your livelihood. You literally said earlier in the movie, all of your livestock is dead. So if yep. all of your livestock is dead, you're basically, your entire livelihood is gone, and you're not even concerned. And then yeah. later on, they say, oh, it wasn't an elder that did that. It was Adrian Brody that did that. How would the elders' number one priority not be finding out who the hell would do that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because if somebody, again, they would have had to know that somebody else is wearing a suit that isn't them. Because all they have to do is all get together and be like, did you wear this suit last night? And if nobody ever says no, then obviously you have a huge problem. Yes. Okay, that should be their number one focus. It is not even mentioned. (laughs) It is like one backhanded comment that's it that's the the whole explanation for that how does that not you're literally making people so afraid that they have to hide in their basements throwing blood all over doors yeah and like oh it just these people these animals just happen to get skinned and slaughtered the same time you did that no you did that on purpose oh Um, yeah you know so some of it was done on purpose and some of it was done by somebody else who has been wearing that suit and they're not concerned about that at all obviously right. this thing that you're torturing people to try to keep in place someone else knows that secret and you don't care it it doesn't make any sense there's no no way that that makes any sense at all especially with how far they go to try to keep this secret yes um and the second huge problem i have Is that, okay, someone is dying. They even make the point, okay? Like, I mean, poor (laughs) Mr. Nicholson. You know, his kid just died from a preventable disease. It's a big
0: middle finger to him.
1: Right. I mean, it's a big middle finger to him. But I get that he does make a good point, and I agree with that point, Is he said this was a crime. And I, I get that. That's the whole reason why they made this place, Right. Yeah, was to avoid crime. Now, if a crime happens and they have the means to save this person, yes, they should by any means do that. But again, that does suck for him because his kid just died of a disease that could have been resolved if they just went to the towns. Yep. Um, and they did talk about, well, we had their sacrifices that we promised that we'd make. And I guess that's one of the sacrifices. But again, he makes that thing is this is a crime. This you know a crime happened that caused this. You know, this is a different story. And it is true. But the thing is, is that he doesn't believe it enough to go himself or to even right. send any one of those other people. Those Any one of those other people has been out there before. They know exactly what's out there. They know exactly what to do, exactly how to do it. You know, yes. they could put on some regular normal clothes and get out there, get the stuff and get back. Nobody would even have any idea what was going on. Right. You know, or the guy that's freaking Mr. Walker himself <laughs> he could walk out there and just order these people to give him whatever he wants. And then order them to never say they saw it. Yeah. I mean, not that that would work, but I mean, you know, tuck your pride under, man. I mean, you got somebody's life at stake here and you're worried about keeping some stupid oath that you made 20 years ago. Yeah. I mean, this is somebody's life on the line and they literally hold up to that oath. And so who do they send to get the stuff? The one the the person you literally line up everybody in that entire town. And you pick out the person that has the least chance of succeeding. Okay. Yes. A blind person. I understand it's the whole metaphor. I get what he's trying to say. It doesn't make any sense. It yes. does not make any sense at all. You take the one person that has the least chance, the blind person and send them out essentially alone. And those other two guys. I mean, how, I mean, how, I mean, I, how, what weakness of character really, <laughs> Of all of these people. All of the elders are too afraid to break their own oath to save a life. And those Easily two people preventable right, to, yeah. exactly. And these two people that they send with her are both okay with letting a blind girl yep. go alone into this forest that they are afraid of. And they're okay with leaving her by herself. Yeah. I mean, what just absolute, just horrible people. And one of those is her brother in law. Yeah. You know, like Her brother-in-law leaves her in the forest. I mean, when she gets back there, you know, yeah, obviously the medicine is the first part. The second priority is like, get this dude the hell out of here. Like, these people are <laughs> cowards. They have no fucking strength of character at all. These people do not deserve to be here. No. You know what I mean? I mean, how shitty is that? <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah. all around, just a complete weakness of character. They are supposedly there because they want to build this, you know, safe place. That's supposed to be, you know, where there's no violence and no bad things. But again, if you don't tell your children the truth, you know, again, like they always say, history repeats itself, right? If you don't yep. know your own history, you're doomed to repeat it. Yeah. And that's what they're doing. By not telling the people what's really going on, they're just forcing a whole new cycle <laughs> of lies and bullshit and violence. And this is just the first step in that. The next generation, after those elders are gone, it's going to be the same as every other society because they're not going to know what's on the outside. Yep. And then what happens when they actually leave? They're going to be completely clueless as to what's going on because they, none of them know. I don't know. Again, there's, there's and, so many stupid leaps in logic in this movie. It's just, it's, it's angering to think about.
0: And how many, okay, let's think about this. Think about the small village. How many generations can they go? without angry well, one
1: i mean they'd have to be extremely careful they'd have to have like a big uh, chalkboard <laughs> and they would have to like match you know mac up you know who is you know sleeping with who and then whose children are married to. they would have to like constantly keep track of that
0: because okay let's let's think about this right how many elders were there 10 10 yeah something like that how many kids were there
1: Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, in, in the first ten, there's like a hundred. Yeah. So, like, uh, but again, I yeah, right. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they took in a bunch of orphans or something. I don't know. I don't know what happened.
0: There's like thirty kids in school. <laughs> oh, right.
1: <laughs> yeah, there is a lot. And again, they pretty much show the home life of all the elders, and they only have like, like Sigourney Weaver only had the one kid, William right. Hurt only had two. I mean, right. the people who, uh, Noah, who was uh, Adrian Brody, they only had the one. Yeah. You know, I mean, so, so I, doubt luck, other, I doubt the other family had 25 children.
0: Right. So unless, okay, unless they're the elders, unless there's other families that they built the sanctuary that they reached out to that weren't part of that initial picture. And they said, here, here, 30 other families come join us. <laughs>
1: Right. I mean the that's the thing that just bothers me so much is that you know this person is dying. These people could very easily go out there, get what they need and get back with you know minimal fuss, right? They could be back in a yep. day. Yes. And they refuse to do it based on some like archaic oath that they took. And the oath is like, you know, hey, <laughs> you know, don't ever go back to the towns, which again, at this point is ridiculous. Like th- their entire society would be collapsing. Yes. I mean, don't get me wrong they could survive and that's again self-sufficiency is possible i'm just saying like they would you know their clothes would be falling apart you know by this point you know 20 25 years down the line if they're working and doing hard work and stuff every day i mean stuff is getting torn stuff is getting you know sweat yep. in stuff is getting you know weakened and stuff again this stuff would be like tatters it would look like it'd look like peasant serfs by this point in time
0: yeah I don't know. It, it, what, I mean, and the blatant lie. Yeah. Did it really matter what year it was?
1: No, that's what I'm did, saying. They did could've... the
0: town folk know? Did it really know what year it was? No. Again, that was it was experiment? a
1: deliberate no. lie told so that the twist could, like, oh, we didn't see that coming, right? Because you lied.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That angered me. Yeah, I mean, especially I, the rewatch. Again, I second rewatch. I looked at it, and I, like, there's the year right there when I mean, you son of a bitch a twist. <laughs> <laughs> right
1: right I, again it's like it's not hard to have a twist when you hard code in that it's the other thing right i mean right it's not hard to do
0: yeah so does the twist ruin the movie or is it more of ivy going out for you um or both combination of both
1: i think i think it's both i mean there's just there's a lot of things wrong with this movie and again, if you watch it just on the surface and don't think about it, it's probably fine. But yeah. the thing that I said, I don't like about his movies. Like, as again, as we're moving forward, they they like it takes like less and less thought yes. to make these movies. It's like he has like one casual thought and he just builds an entire movie, which takes a lot of time and a lot of effort. And I don't understand how he's able to build these movies with these giant plot holes in them and nobody says anything about it yeah it, it doesn't make any sense to me i don't know how they can not say he doesn't like he does he have so many yes men that like literally he can't understand that he's doing things the wrong way
0: at this point in time it's true probably probably oh, they just said uh, let do whatever he wants i don't understand i
1: don't understand i don't know how some like anybody like editing this movie is like did you not think of these things like these right. are pretty big questions that anybody with half a brain is going to ask. Like, did you not even try to think that through? Yeah. Again, that's the thing. It just it it as as he goes along, it like he takes less and less thought to put in the background of these movies, and it really makes you feel like he thinks the viewer is dumber and dumber as he goes along. Like he's putting yeah. less and less effort in because he feels like he doesn't have to or something.
0: Like I he's just coasting.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's but it like. <laughs> I feel like he's insulting my intelligence by making these things this way.
0: Right. And this is, and this is why we got into our out of 10 for brain cells loss, because you really have to lose a bit to even accept this as being good. Right. It, it's it's a one time watch. And it's just like, no, 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 I don't want to watch this ever again. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Unfortunately, we had to obviously for the podcast because I remember everything that happened from something that you know, seventeen years ago in this movie. I have watched this this movie. I remember just about
1: everything. The date thing I did not catch because, again, at that point you don't suspect that there's a twist coming. Yeah. Well, I mean, you do. It's his movie. You you expect some kind of twist, but you don't expect a time twist like that.
0: Yes. Yeah. So, uh, how many brain cells lost out of ten would you give this movie? Um, I. I really hate this movie. I don't know. I don't know if I can.
1: I mean, you probably got that by now, but I just I don't like it. I think it insults your intelligence, and it and it yes. really just upsets me. I mean, they literally give away. I, I actually timed it. I stopped the movie and and timed it. Um, they give away that the monsters don't exist an hour and ten minutes into the movie, and there's still thirty seven minutes after that. Yep. So like there, and there's a a time period when after they tell you that the monsters don't exist to where she gets out of the gate, it's 25 minutes. Yes. Okay. 25 minutes of basically coasting time. Right. Because at this point, you know, there's no monsters and the other twist hasn't happened yet. So you're like sitting there like, wasting twiddling your thumbs like why are we even focusing on this why is this still going yeah it's it's insulting anyway sorry um <laughs> uh i will give this movie a two. a two a two out of ten and i will give it a two and not lower than that simply because some of the some of the stuff is pretty good um anything with sigourney weaver in it probably automatically gets a one <laughs> instead of a zero um <laughs> And and again, I like, guess like some of these performances are pretty good. Like Joaquin Phoenix did good. I mean, Bryce Dallas Howard's performance was pretty good. Um, I mean, she was fairly convincing really? as a blind person other than running through the forest. Yeah. Like completely blind, which is, I mean, idiotic. I mean, poor Adrian Brody. I mean, he's like a fantastic actor and got stuck in that role.
0: <laughs> I mean, he did well in
1: it. No, yeah, he did well. I'm just saying, like, you're very much limiting his skills there. <laughs> yes um, again yeah. but uh, yeah there's a lot of performances that are okay in there and again uh, normally I would give them higher than that just for those performances but I hate Amazing this movie cast. so much I have to Amazing take away cast, a significant again. amount so
0: two yeah uh, I'm going to a four Um, I said cast I love the cast love lots of stuff they've done um, yeah the insult hard to get past uh and, and it, i'd say even on the we watch though like like when when uh joaquin goes into brendan mr Nicholson's house he's like oh, i'm not sleeping well i've been you know i haven't been getting much sleep and i caught this like oh, okay because that means he was playing the monster for a couple nights because he's out late doing it so there are subtle hints but i'm like also, there's just that box that people could probably easily into with all these secrets hidden right in the open. Like, when as soon as a parent's... Like, how did a kid never open up the forbidden box? Yeah, I don't know. You know I what mean, I mean? Like, I yeah, my,
1: my parents had a safe <laughs> when I was a kid, <laughs> and I was trying to open the thing... I was just trying to open up a corner so I could peek in there, and I ended up breaking the handle off.
0: Yeah, their whole integrity of keeping that village where it was was not tangible no at all and for the reasons you said yeah Kill all the livestock yeah uh, again
1: uh, on the surface if you don't think about it i'm sure it's fine but me yep. as a person that that thinks things through and again i have a very very strong sense of when to, that i need to suspend that disbelief because again i love sci-fi stuff to so enjoy yeah. half of it. You have to do that because some of it is just dumb. But the, I should say the ideas behind it are not necessarily well thought through. Um, no. So you have to kind of force yourself to like, okay, this is happening because of this. That's my head can and That makes sense to me. This, yep. you can't. <laughs> you no. can't do that. It's so blatantly wrong that you cannot do it.
0: Right. You can't. His, his rules, he his universe don't make sense. to Correct. Me. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And that's why you can do it with sci-fi because, okay, these are the rules of this time period or this other planet that you can go, okay, these are the rules. Right. This is how their world works. Right. Got it. Done. Move on. So speaking of rules that make no sense, why don't you bring us into our last movie here.
1: Uh, okay. <laughs> um, devil. Uh, devil two 2000- thousand.
0: 10 yeah yes we did skip the happening for this one the happening is going to be next which was technically his next movie
1: yes um okay so devil um i'm gonna i'm gonna try to keep the venom out until we get to the (laughs) end there's some might sneak in there but i'm gonna try i'm gonna try all right um okay so we start off with um some narration about mm-hmm. uh, somebody talking about their mother, always telling them bedtime stories about
0: the devil. Um, Great bedtime stories, by the way.
1: Uh, right. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know the kind, of, the kind of bedtime stories you listen to, but anyway, um, it's always uh, the devil somehow gets a group of people together um, mm-hmm. and then uh, kills them. And the, the way that the devil gets into our world to be able to, to do this is a suicide has to happen. And then the devil comes into our world and then he gathers, you know, sinners together, the wicked, um, the wicked together and, and lets that it be watched by an audience of their choosing. Um, and then kills them all for the enjoyment of the audience, I guess, to make a yep. point. I mean, they, yeah, they don't, really expand on that but again that's this is the, the the rules of this universe of the devil doing this this is how it works um so essentially we're uh it opens up where there's a a person falling from a large building onto a bread truck <laughs> um yeah apparently committing suicide which is again the first step of this devil narration right no. um so yeah then the the truck starts rolling down the street. Um. And then we get introduced to a a cop detective, um, who's investigating it and is like, "Oh, the building that this truck is next to is a two story building. It couldn't have jumped from this building." And he uses his detective skills to figure out that, "Oh, it must have jumped from this other huge, tall skyscraper," uh, and then the truck rolled this way. So then he goes it's
0: bounce off of barriers that are made to bounce trucks. Right. Correct. Yeah.
1: So yeah. So that. So that's how he gets to this big, uh, high rise. Um yep. and then while we're in there we're introduced to uh f- five right it's five of them Yeah yeah five people So there's five people um that kind of end up through uh you know
0: different ha- happenstances
1: happenstances they all end up on this elevator together Um Yeah So I'll we'll just kind of go over them now there's um uh old lady right nice old lady middle aged like whatever 60ish yeah. Um there's the young woman, Sarah, who is uh we'll say like I don't know, thirty, mid thirties, lower thirties. Yeah. Um, but it kind of like a well to do lady, right? <laughs> yep. Obviously got nice clothes and you know, hair done up, blah blah blah. Um we get a uh, kind of like creepy, sleazy salesman guy. <laughs>
0: the snozberries taste like snozberries. yes yes who is yeah played <laughs> by that guy but yeah he's like
1: creepy sleazy salesman dude in like a kind of like a really shitty looking suit
0: it doesn't um, fit right
1: yeah. yeah but yeah he comes off like you know a sleazeball like yep um, and then we have a security guard who is you know needs to get something up from the front desk to i don't know somebody upstairs that can't wait 37th so,
0: floor yeah the so shocker the second shocker from Spider <clears throat>
1: uh correct yeah, booking <laughs> booking Woodbine. He's been in a lot of stuff.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um
1: but yeah, he was uh, <laughs> uh so he was a temp. It's only his second day, but you know, he's you know, going in the elevator to bring this thing up. Uh and then the last guy is uh a uh, kind of uh, kind of rough looking guy.
0: Um mechanic.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's like a mechanic looking guy um that seems kind of like awkward, I guess. Awkward and kind of twitchy.
0: To, he's scary to people. Yeah.
1: Right. They're like awkward and kind of twitchy, you know? Yeah. So yeah. the kind of person that makes people a little nervous, but not overtly right. being mean or, anything or angry or anything. Yeah. Um, so essentially, they all get uh, in this elevator um, and then they're going up and the uh, elevator stops. Um, this is an express elevator that apparently only starts dropping people off at at floor 25 and they are stuck at like floor 21.
0: Yeah, and so they do exist.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, they do. I mean, yeah, so yeah. they uh yeah, there's no doors to to open or anything like that. So they're stuck in like the shaft essentially. Um so yeah, then we uh kind of cut to um the security room. Uh there's two security guards. Um uh we'll say we'll we'll just call them old guy and young guy. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> there you go. Uh old guy, young guy. So um, you know, they're old guy's like watching a football game or something. Uh, young guy comes in like, oh, this elevator's in maintenance mode. I wonder what's going on. So he he looks at it and he you can see the camera into the uh into the elevator and like they're clearly stopped and something's mm-hmm. going on. So they call Dwight, who's the handyman, which is like um having one handyman for a a skyscraper <laughs>
0: That's at least 45 uh, levels? Right. Yeah. I
1: mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, you're talking he, like a hotel that has three floors has like three or four maintenance
0: guys. And he's working on the window <laughs> on the 37th floor, and he right. has to go down to the basement to check the elevator.
1: <laughs> right. It's ridiculous. This is the only maintenance guy they have anyway. Um, So he's like, yeah, it's stuck, so go check it. He's like, okay, I'll go up to the roof and check it. And he looks down. Yep, it's stuck all right. <laughs> I, gotta I don't see go. anything wrong with that. Yeah, i don't see anything long. wrong like really you can just by looking like 20 floors down you can tell anyway so then he goes all the way down into the basement to trip the main breakers he trips the main breakers uh, nothing fixes there so then he says oh i gotta go back up to the top again <laughs> yes i gotta <laughs> now i gotta go on a rope down to the elevator so i gotta do that from the top and then he like disappears for like i want to say like 20 minutes Oh, yeah, it takes him like 20 minutes to get back into the movie anyway. Um, so at this point, um, the detective guy, they get a call. because Oh, wait, no, no, no sorry. Um, essentially, when they're on the elevator, um, the lights are flickering on and off because the guy keeps, you know, messing with the things, trying to figure out what's going on. Um, when one of these things happens, um, the well to do woman uh, gets like a wound on her back, which looks like a bite wound yeah um and so they're all like well you know what the hell happened like it had to have been a person in this car right yep so they're like they're trying to figure out what's going on everybody like kind of immediately goes on um the creepy sleazy guy because there was like a, a little scene earlier where a like, woman was like clearly saying that like she grabbed her ass yep. um, which we don't the angle that we see it from we can't tell I mean, his hand was in that general area, but, like, we don't know. From the angle we saw it, we, can't, we, we don't know. Um, so, anyway, so it just seems like this guy's kind of shady. Um, so, anyway, so the bite mark happens. Um, everybody's just kind of blaming this guy, but nobody's really trusting each other at this point in time. Um, so, anyway, the stuff is going on now. So, they call the police, and the the detective guy, since he was investigating the suicide that he led him right to that building, he took the call, which, I mean... I don't think detectives take like (laughs) patrolman calls, but whatever. No, they don't. Um, So he goes into this security room to find out what's going on. And he's like, oh yeah, this, this lady got attacked and they like rewind it to like show it. And of course the lights were off when it happened. So they can't see it, but she was closest to the sleazy guy when it happened. So that everybody kind of assumes that it was him. Um, At this point, uh, the younger security guy um, sees like a face in the security footage um it is not really a face i mean you really have to like stretch to see something there um but he is convinced at this point he is already thinking that this is the devil i mean nothing has even happened yet he doesn't even know about the suicide i mean it's like he just automatically knows that this is what's going on um so you know, after they're trying to figure it out there, she's trying to like get them to hold up their IDs to the camera. He can't see them because it's you know, the camera doesn't have good enough quality. Um, they're essentially because the, they can talk to them in the elevator, but they can't hear what they're saying. Yeah. Um, so they can't communicate. They they can communicate to them, but they can't get an answer back. So, you know, they're trying to hold up the, the IDs to try to see who these people are. They can't see them. Um, so they're basically going through the sign in logs and watching the cameras. To see if they can figure out who these people are, match them up to their sign-in names. Because they made a point earlier in the movie when everybody had to sign in before they came in. Correct. Because um, like the well-to-do lady tried sneaking past without signing in. Um, but to be fair, she did know the name of one of the other security guards, so I'm sure it, it kind of seemed like you know she was just trying to sneak past. But she at least knew the people were. She she had been there before. Right. Um, anyway, so at this point um you know they're they're looking at the footage they they can't really see it but they're kind of suspecting the sleazy guy um and they're trying to like get more investigative anyway um so then the lights go out again uh, when they come back up sleazy guy has a big chunk of the mirror stuck in his neck like the mirror in the back of the elevator has been shattered, and one of those big chunks of mirror has been stabbed into his neck um, yep. and he's just dead <laughs> there's yeah, a couple of yeah there's a couple of gurgles <laughs> and then he's just dead yeah um, so everybody's like panicking um and they're like oh who did this right you know they're like one of us had to have done it who which one of us did it so everybody's like you know getting really nervous and trying to figure out what's going on um you know essentially it's it's kind of down to uh the security guard and the mechanic twitchy guy right because you know nobody's really suspecting the the older lady or the younger well-to-do woman at this point probably pretty sexist they don't
0: yeah and they're discussing you know they've never seen the body for oh we have
1: (laughs) right well yeah Yeah. this is when we find out that twitchy guy uh was in afghanistan and had you know seen combat um on the other guy i believe at this point the police know that he has a record because he's the only one they know who he is. Because again, he works security for the building, so they're very easily able to figure out who he is.
0: Assault and battery. Um, yeah, charges. they do
1: background check, and yeah, he did assault and batteries, and he actually beat someone into a coma, and had served time for doing that. Um, so yeah, he's got a history of violent stuff. So the police at this point are kind of, sort of suspecting him. All right at this point in time. Anyway, so at this point in time, this is where um, uh, the maintenance guy finally gets to the roof. <laughs> and he essentially, like, sits on a board um, and then kind of drops himself down with his, like, rope when he's just sitting on a board. Yes. Um, which I don't think is the best way to do that. Like, I don't know why you would have some kind of harness or something. But anyway, this is what he's doing. So he's trying to go. Uh, down this shaft and he's probably about halfway there before the guys like the older security guys like freaking out it keeps calling him on the radio over and over and over and over again um, so he finally goes to answer it and he basically slips off of this rig and falls and dies on top of the um elevator uh, and then there's like blood dripping in again they show that for one second but then they never show it again yes so it's odd. I mean, they show that to show that he's dead, I guess. Um, but then they never show it again and they can hear the walkie talkie of the guy. So they, they're pretty sure that that guy was dead up there. Um, oh, there's there was a, there's another scene earlier. Sorry. Where the, we find out that the security guard has claustrophobia um, yep. and the one mechanic dude opened up the, you know, the, whatever the door in the top of the elevator yeah. um, to make him feel better. Um. Anyway, and they he tried to go up there. Um. You know, to get out or to see what was going on, and they all freak out and pull him back down. Like, oh, he's trying to escape. You know, it must he must be the guy that's doing the killing. Um. Of course. So uh, at this point, the lights go out again. Uh. When they come back up, the old lady has been hung from the ceiling with like the light cord. <laughs> um. Like the wire that comes out of the one of the lights in the ceiling. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that she's just dead. Um, and so they kind of untie her and let her fall down because they don't want to see her hanging. Um, so they basically just put her next to uh, the sleazy dead guy. Yep. And at this point, the three of them are now trying to figure out who is the killer. And essentially, you know, uh, it's kind of like a big testosterone fight between mechanic guy and security guy. Um anyway so at this point they're looking through the logs they figure out who um, the woman is she is uh you know wife of the guy who like owns the building <laughs> um, and she was essentially going to a lawyer um, who specializes in forensic accounting to try to find all of his money because she's planning on divorcing him yep so at this point they're like okay so someone has a motive to hurt her okay uh, then now they know about the past of the a security guard, you know, like he's got, you know, assaults and batteries and he's seen, he's done jail time and stuff on his side. Um, so they know that he's got stuff going on and then they can't basically figure out that the dude did not sign in. Okay. Um, the, everybody else's name they had found on the sign in sheet, the dude, the mechanic dude, they did not find on the sign in sheet. Um, they did, however, find the old lady on video, um, stealing people's wallets um so she was not innocent either. Correct. Um they found that the sleazy guy uh essentially was like going to the Better Business Bureau to dispute a claim because he apparently was like the leader of a Ponzi scheme. Yep. Um that got a lot of people lost a lot of people money. Now, if it really was a Ponzi scheme, he would be in prison. Because yeah. Ponzi schemes are illegal. They wouldn't just report him to the Better Business Bureau, he would be in jail. So I don't know if that's just, you know, slander. Like they don't, that's not actually what happened, but this is the police saying this is the official thing. I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me there, but whatever. Um, so all of the people in there essentially have something going against them.
0: Right. Right? Liars, killers, cheers, abusers. Right, yeah. right,
1: right. Um, so uh, at this point, the police are kind of focusing on the mechanic guy because he didn't sign in at all. And when they see him come in, he clearly has a satchel over his shoulder. Um, And then when he's on the elevator, the satchel is not there. So they're like, okay, like he came in with something and then find out he had to sign in and then he hid whatever this was. So they're searching the bathroom and they find it. It's a bag of tools. And so at this point, they think that he used the tools to uh, sabotage the elevator and that for some reason he has a motive to kill all these people. They don't know what it is, but they're trying to figure out what that is um so yeah the 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 girl in the elevator is essentially kind of sort of uh buddying up with the security guard guy um because she thinks that the other guy is the killer she doesn't have the information that the cop have, but I guess she does she feels more comfortable with the security guard or the security guy is more enamored with her or something I guess yeah. Um, so right. they're like, yeah, they're test outs going back and forth. The cops keep saying, like, put your hands on the walls, because they're like, they like got into a little tussle. Um, and essentially, they're putting their hands on the wall, and they're, you know, basically just keep talking back and forth to each other. Anyway, essentially, um, uh, lights go out again. Um, uh, when they come back up, uh, security guard's neck has been completely snapped.
0: Yeah, <laughs> his head's was, the wrong way. His, and, he's facing the wrong way.
1: Right. Yeah, his neck is snapped, <laughs> and he's totally dead (laughs)
0: immediately
1: um so at this point both of them the mechanic and the the girl both think that each other has done this um and so they're like they kind of like both have pieces of the mirror and they're like facing each other down right Mm -hmm. um like they're gonna get into a fight. um now well i guess i should have brought this up before but anyway in the background um the young guy the young security guy um, he immediately thought the devil was involved because he saw that face. Um, yep. and then like when, when the first sleazy guy died, he immediately knows, right, that it's the devil. And like his evidence is two, he has two pieces of evidence. Now, one piece of evidence is that, Hey, have you ever noticed that when babies fall, that babies never hit their heads in the corner of tables? And the other piece of evidence is that. Oh, I have this piece of toast with jelly on it. Watch this, and he throws it up in the air, and it lands jelly side down on the ground. And he says, "Well, uh, the, the worst outcome always happens when the devil is over. Yep. Um. That's and so, it. Yeah. And that's that, that's, that's his needs. evidence. <laughs> and and so like the older guy, the older security guy, kind of pulls him out of the room. Like, oh, okay, that's enough. Uh, but everybody else seems to be like considering his evidence. Um. So they're they're trying to figure out this all this stuff out anyway. Um, So while they're down there, they figure out that the lights are flickering on and off from shorted wire that's underneath um, the elevator because, obviously, the maintenance guy is gone at this point. Um, So the older security guy goes to try to pull this wire out of the water that's shorting out um, and, of course, uh, gets electrocuted. Um, Because, again, the younger security guy, of course, keeps adding rules onto this devil situation as they go. (laughs) Um, The one rule is, of course, his, when he mentioned in the beginning, his mom never said anything about the audience. But now, of course, he knows all about the audience. He says, all of us have been chosen to watch this for a reason. Um, And then if we try to interfere in what the devil wants to do, uh, the devil is going to kill us for getting involved. Yep. And so that's the excuse as to why the, um, uh, the maintenance guy died and the security guy died at this point, because they tried to inter- interfere with the devil the devil's work um, anyway. So they're back to, we're back to the elevator. Um, so, you know, the, the guy and the girl are basically holding uh, mirror knives yeah. um, at each other. And they're basically trying to talk each other down. The cops trying to talk them down through the, 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 uh, the PA system thing. Um, they eventually decide to put, um, you know, their knives down. Uh, but then we clearly see that the girl has another knife in her back pocket, uh, which we all know is a lie because women's clothes do not have pockets.
2: Yeah. That's...
1: <laughs> uh, anyway, so, uh, yeah, of course, the lights flicker off uh, again. Um, and then when they come back up, she is now stabbed in the neck with the uh, knife that was the mirror knife that was in her back pocket. Um, so of course, uh, mechanic guy looks up at the camera kind of going like, Hey, I didn't do this, but I mean, he's the only one left in the elevator. Um, so she's not quite dead yet. Um, so he's like holding her head, um, in his lap. And uh, again, this is another thing that doesn't really make sense is that, um, anyway, back in the office. Uh, the younger guy and the cop—they're the, both entirely convinced that this is exactly what's happening. This is the devil. The devil is involved. This is why this is all this is happening. Um, so he's explaining. He's asking him, "Like, so how do we stop this?" And he's like, "You—you you can't. There's there's nothing you can do." But anyway, back to the elevator. Um, to where he's kind of cradling the girl's, you know, head in her hand in his hands, like trying to, you know, I guess figure out what's going on. Uh, and then we see that the old lady jumps up with black devil eyes, and it was her the whole time.
2: She's the devil.
1: She's the devil. Um, and then we find out that because um, the, the mechanic guy's girlfriend comes in and tells the police that he was there for a job interview and that his last name was Jankowski. Now, in the sign-in sheet, they thought it said Jane Kowski, so they thought that the old lady's name was jane kowski so if Jan Kowski is now that mechanic dude then the other person that didn't sign in is this old lady so that's how they kind of by process of elimination figure out that the lady is the devil um so the devil is there basically telling the guy that he's going to die because he's a terrible person um and he essentially kind of figures out that the only way that he's going to get out of this is to kind of fess up to the horrible things that he's done. Yep. Um, so he gets the, cause the walkie talkie has fallen off of the, uh, the maintenance guy into the, the elevator car at this point. So he picks up the walkie talkie and he tells the police that he killed, uh, a lady and, a and, a, and her son on a, you know, highway in the middle of nowhere five years ago. Um, and that yep. just happened to be, the detective's family. Yeah. Um, so that was why he was chosen as the audience is because this is the guy that killed his family. Um, and basically he doesn't, um, ask for forgiveness. He doesn't think this makes him a better person. He's just doing this because it's the right thing to do. And that somehow diffuses the devil's power. Um, and so the devil can't kill him. Um, sure. And then that's it. Now it it's kind of sort of uh, implied that the lady also survives, but not really. Yeah. yeah, because it just kind of
0: ends at that point. He's taken in by the cop.
1: He's taken in by the cops so at yeah, the But the other thing, but again, like he was doing that whole thing to try to like stop the devil from killing him. But she was still alive at that point. So I don't, again, I don't know if she was supposedly to survive it. I don't know, maybe that's just hopefulness on my part. I don't know. Yeah. Um but yeah, essentially so yeah, he gets arrested and uh but he doesn't get killed by the devil in the elevator.
0: And the story that story goes over saying, oh, if you believe the devil exists, then god must also exist and the cop forgives the guy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right.
1: Uh yeah, yes, yeah, so the cops driving him back to the thing and he says, you know, oh, I've you know, imagined you, you know, imagine finding the person that did this to me and imagine what I would say. And now I can just say, I forgive you. Yep. So nice, Mr. Cop guy. Um. Uh, yeah. and yeah, that's it. And the movie now, how good of a job did I do just there? Right. There was no, yeah. there was no, there's very little venom in that.
0: In Correct. That we'll get, let's get, we'll get to the venom. <laughs>
1: yeah, we'll get there. I'm just saying, <laughs> I tried, I tried to be good.
0: Now, this wasn't your first time seeing this because we've discussed this
1: yeah I've, I've discussed this movie <laughs> whatever usually whenever i'm talking about m night Shyamalan, it's like these three movies are the ones that i always talk about <laughs> as being the the biggest leaps in logic and they get worse as they go along is mm-hmm. yeah signs the village and devil well really just the signs in the village and the devil is literally i took a break when was what did the village come out 2006 Six. yeah so I watch, I watched the the village, and then I waited a few years. I mean, I didn't watch Devil when it came out. This was this was the next movie that of his that I watched after that.
0: You didn't um, watch the happening between? No. Okay. No, not Lucky at you. this,
1: not at this point. <laughs> I mean, I did watch the happening, but it was it was later. Yeah. Um, I I watched it. Why did I watch it? Oh, I think uh, is Lizzie Kaplan in it? yes yeah i I watched it because i was on i was watching all of lizzie caplan's movies um so i ended up watching it that's fair um yeah so yeah essentially and this one is just i was like okay well i've heard kind of sort of good things about this movie let me see and watching it i was like okay it's not too bad this is pretty interesting um but then yeah i think when it gets to the point of the toast flip (laughs) (laughs) that's what i'm just like okay i'm done i'm done with this i did i did finish the movie i was just i was just like at that point i would just hate watching it.
0: yeah this is this is my first time watching it i said we discussed this many 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 times and i shot a lot even very recently when you came over last we discussed this part of this movie right um I watched it. The wife watched it with me. She goes, "What you think?" I'm like, "What the hell did I just watch?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "I love bad movies. I don't deny that." I go, "I can't believe I wasted my time on this." <laughs> right? <laughs> like, to me, it was it was that bad, and, and this prompted, as we discuss a potential future topic for the podcast of of good religious toned horror movies that they do exist. This was awful. Yeah. Yeah. This really was. Right. Um, and, and yeah, one piece of toast flipping over land on jelly is not proof to anything.
1: Well, and I, and, I, <laughs> and I, but what's with the story about the babies not hitting their head on a table? What are you talking about? <laughs>
0: it happens a lot
1: i know i was like i've <laughs> seen children's head hit tables what are you talking about like that doesn't make any sense like it sounds like one person's like anecdote of like oh i've never seen a child's head hit the corner of a table uh sorry to tell you I dude hit- it happens all the time
0: yes it does Children are clumsy i had, <laughs> like, I had three this is why if 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 that didn't happen, there'd be no such thing as baby proof in your house. All right. And I did it for years.
1: Well, and again, that's why, <laughs> you know, that's why you have skulls. <laughs> you yeah. Know I mean, that's what like, you know, we have a skull, to, like if we fall and hit our head on a table, like, yeah, it hurts, but it's not going to destroy your brain. That's the whole point of a skull. Yes. But yeah, yeah
0: there's are logical leaps there that was that was uh, the explanation
1: and then everybody after this point again the, the older security guy doesn't really believe him he's like okay you know, let's get you out of here but after after he dies everybody's just on board with this. everybody yep. just like yep it's a devil
0: yeah uh are there any highlights for you in this movie
1: um <laughs> there was one actually uh the android from dark matter is the mechanic's girlfriend okay I was like, oh, because <laughs> again, the first when I watched this last was obviously before Dark Matter, um. So I watched it, and I was like, oh, I knew I saw her somewhere before, because like yeah. I saw her and I looked at everything she was in. I'm like, I don't, I don't never watch any of these shows. I guess I never looked at the movies that she was in. But yeah, no, so yeah, sure, so she was, uh. <laughs> she was in this, and of course the Schnozberries guy, like everybody knows oh, of course. Who, who he is.
0: Got, the, the wife goes, "He looks familiar, Like, well, the Schnozberries taste like Schnozberries, <laughs> right? You just start licking the glass, and you know exactly who it is. Yeah, so yes, I, I like, I like him.
1: Right? Uh, yeah, he's unfortunately point, not in it for very long.
0: No, low points besides the twist and the plot that we'll get to. Low point for me. Okay, I'm gonna throw this out there and see what you think. The old guy gets electrocuted, right, Uh underneath the elevators. Right. Somehow gets out of there and goes into the lobby of the building after being electrocuted. Yeah,
1: crawls (laughs) in there. Like, okay, if you Uh, actually got electrocuted to death, you would not be moving anywhere because that's the whole thing about electricity is it grabs you. And you yes. get stuck there, and that's why you die because the electricity continually flows through your body and you can't do anything to stop
0: it. It spasms your muscles, you cannot let go. Right. Yeah, literally. Like yes. somebody
1: has to like hit you off with a board or something to get you to stop being electrocuted.
0: Yes. Yep. Um, I'm just going. I'm just going, how the hell <laughs> did that
1: happen? Well, that's yeah, that's the devil.
0: That it's the uh, devil working. Sure. sure let's go with that i'm just going okay this is like even dumber because like that's not how it works
1: right but it's like okay like the thing is is like everybody like this guy's talking about this devil story as if like everybody knows this story like no one's ever heard of this.
0: This is Just bedtime story? Made up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's
1: completely made up. It doesn't make any sense. Like, he's talking about it like, oh, this is a pattern that happens all the time. Like, is it?
0: No. <laughs> like,
1: no. I've never heard of it. But anyway, this dude is sold from, like, day one. I mean, like, he never even attempts to find any other explanation. He's like, as soon as he sees that face, and that's before anybody even dies, he's like, devil's here. Yep. And then again, his, yeah. his two things of evidences. Oh, you ever notice that babies, when they fall, don't hit their heads on the corner of tables? That was one piece of evidence. And the second piece of it is, is he flips his toast up in the air and it lands jelly side down only once. He doesn't repeat this experiment. He only does it one time. And then he is completely convinced. And everybody else in the room that's not the older security guy is like, huh, he's got a point. Yep.
0: You know, and yeah, like so- this,
1: the detective guy who is like, you know, introduced as a skeptic is then on board after that.
0: Yep. Yeah, that I I mean do we do we go more into the twist? More huh. of a rant here. Sure. I'm sure you got more of a rant. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um I mean there is so much I mean this one is just um if this is this is a movie that essentially if you are a religious person, um this movie probably makes complete sense to you. Right? Um, if you are sure. a religious person from like any <laughs> other religion that's not a Christian religion that believes in the devil, um there's a lot there's huge logic leaps in this movie. And you're like, why are you jumping immediately to that? Like we said, the guy's like, oh, devil's here. And everybody's right. like, Yep, devil's here. I mean, <laughs> that's and that's <laughs> it. I mean, everybody's just totally on board from that. I mean, watching it as as a non religious person, it doesn't make sense. You know, like everybody's Correct. immediately throwing logic out the window and just thinking this is a supernatural occurrence. Uh, And and again, it's it's just so far beyond it. Again, and even if you're any other religion besides the Christian religion, it probably doesn't make sense
0: to you, right? I would, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because
1: all these other religions don't have the devil, you know, is literally being a physical presence.
0: And, And here's the, and here's the thing: it's it even in a lot of other stuff, there's there's layers of devil demons stuff like that in other worlds, the devil would be doing this particular thing. It'd be sending them being a demon out to do it. Demon. Sure. Devil. No. Why not? All right. right? And,
1: and again, like you mentioned before, there are other movies that do this well. And and again, yeah. you know, as a, as a non-religious person watching him, I have no problem with it being in there as long as it just has to be done. Well, like, um, again, we're talking about Constantine. Constantine, yeah. it literally he goes to hell. Like the devil is a physical presence in that world good movie right um you got like legion which is literally about like angels fighting legion right but it's it's a a heavily religious movie right like god and the devil have to exist for this angel fight to happen right good movie uh you got the prophecy which is again a bunch of angels (laughs) right you know like i don't know in order for those angels to be there god and and the devil have to exist i mean that's and these things are you know they present them to you as if you know these things are real right. and they exist, but it's done well and it, you know, and it's and it's good. It's it's a it's just a fun watch. There's plenty of other movies. I'm just these are the three hellraiser,
0: demons. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, yeah. These I, I are don't, things that clearly I don't think, say religion is
1: yeah. is real in these worlds.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't think are I don't think we have any bias against. That is the point. Is we don't have any bias against religious movies, no. regardless of what we believe. No, not at all. Anything I, mean, like that. I can
1: I can objectively watch something. And, and if it's good, it's great. It doesn't matter if it's religious yeah. or not. If it has Correct. religious content, I don't care. Do I get upset or like, oh, I hate this movie because it insists that there's a God? No, not at all. No. no. Again, I, I just mentioned three movies that explicitly <laughs> tell you that God and the devil are real. Right. And they're good. I have no problem with that. I'm just saying this movie is very, very heavy handed and how it says yeah. things and again it just makes assumptions that everyone watching this is immediately going to be on board that the devil is the reason why all this is happening. Yeah. And and, yeah, and, we... and again and until the end when the old lady pops up it's all just conjecture. Yep. And then when the old lady pops up it's like, "Oh, okay, that's what's going on." But everyone in this movie is already convinced that the devil is there before she even pops
0: up. Right. And again, and that's the thing like would it would have the... <laughs> Honestly, they could have just made this a Hellraiser movie. <laughs> as yeah, we discussed it, out. it would fit like,
1: better than half the Hellraiser <laughs> movies do.
0: Right. I and like okay that that's that the yeah we are very analytical. We don't we think logically in a lot of what we do because of our jobs, and we do that in this in this podcast too. Right. We can adhere to the rules that exist fairly well in in movies or that are set up but yeah the logical leaps the plot holes that have to get made like they don't have a good way especially in this movie to get to that point like well how do we prove it's the devil toast what about toast Jelly upside down why i don't know this is the worst <laughs> thing that could possibly happen I, I the worst thing possibly happened is the toast falls, you slip on and crash your, bang your head into a wall. That's worse than <laughs> your jelly going on carpet. <laughs> <laughs> right. But
1: it's just, yeah, it's bizarre to me. like, yeah, they only do the jelly experiment one time. And his only other evidence is like some weird story he's telling. About babies in their heads not hitting tables so stupid i'm like what are it's, you talking it's, about
0: it's it was clearly written by someone that has that's never seen a small child
1: <laughs> I know.
0: I'm, like, Run around the
1: house. I'm like i'm pretty sure like samalan's got kids like he should i mean maybe he was God. amazed that his kids didn't hit their heads more maybe that's what he's talking about i don't i honestly don't know i honestly could I, not tell you what the point of this i was. i
0: i don't know i'm i'm glad uh, i'm uh, I wish I didn't see this movie. <laughs>
1: but, but yeah, it's I uh,
0: mean
1: again, it's good up to the point where he flips the toast. Up to that point it's like, okay, yeah, I mean the devil may be here, the devil may not be, right? There's always in those movies there's always like one person who absolutely believes no matter what, right? But you know, nobody God. else believes him until they see it with their own eyes. And there's nothing in this movie that they can see with their own eyes until that lady gets up but by that point they're already convinced
0: yep yeah so what is your scale what is your what is your rating on this um um
1: out of 10 i don't um (laughs) let's see i i mean until it gets to the toast flipping part. It is a fairly interesting movie because I mean, I think the thing that mostly upsets me is that it follows one of my favorite plot lines, which is when like a bunch of strangers get trapped in something. Yeah. um, And they have to figure out why they're there and what's going on. Um, Again, I think, yeah, we talk like, you know, this, the whole six strangers in search of an exit type storyline. And it, it pretty much follows that. It pretty much follows that. Um, I mean, there's a lot of outside influence and stuff, but um, it pretty much follows that. And that's why I was like, initially, I'm like, ooh, this is, this might be good. And I, I'm enjoying it. And again, until uh, the, the toast flipping part, I did enjoy it. <laughs> um, but after that part, I got just so angry at just the stupidity and just the, the logical leaps that it takes um, that it really just sours the whole rest of it. Um, <sighs> so... I'm, I'm really trying to decide if I don't like it more than The Village or not.
0: I, um, I can tell you for certain, I hate this movie a hell of a lot more than The Village.
1: Yeah, I'm going to say, I'm going to say I probably, okay, I'm going to say it's a two. It's it's going to be a two out of ten, simply because I do dislike it, but for different reasons. So there, there's, it's for a two for different reasons, but I'd say I dislike them both equally. Uh
0: It's, it's, I'm going all the way down to it too, for this, just because,
1: (laughs) um, yeah. Again, there's up until the toe slipping part, it is decent. Like it's, it's pretty fun, right? I like, I'm I'm liking it up until that point and then it gets very stupid and heavy handed and I don't like it anymore. Um, and it sours the, all the good stuff that happened up until that point, but I will give it a little bit.
0: Okay. So that being said, uh, we're continuing this next week, where we're going to go see this newest movie doc at the cabin, uh, and we'll be discussing some potentially better movies. Um, one definitely not as good. With that, right?
1: Well, yeah. Well, the well, I'm gonna again. I've only seen uh, the happening once. <laughs> Um, so I'm going to watch it again through the the lens of what, um, I think it should be. I don't know. We'll see how it is the second time (laughs)
0: around. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. So stay tuned where we continue on. We're we're calling the horror side of Night Shyamalan. Maybe we'll get to the the superhero trilogy at some point in time. Um. But yeah, we'll be we'll be discussing old the visit, the happening, and the said knock in the cabin and our rants will probably continue in those as well um
1: well i have at least one i mean old i have not seen <laughs> the visit i did see and it was actually pretty good i did i did like that one um but the happening yeah there's a lot there's a lot to complain about there
0: yes so until then why do take us out
1: uh sure this is right. salem saying long live the new
0: flesh and this is graveyard saying have you checked on the shoulder Good yeah. night,